speaking of April Fool's Day, April's acting a fool in this episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the greatest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast in the world. It's the TMNT Shellcast. I'm Chris, your host for today. John and Andrew along for the ride. John, how are we doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be dead air, as I typically am in Chris's episodes, so (laughs) excited for that. Andrew? good i'm 3d printing something so if you hear any noise it's uh you know stuff being made i also am very excited for this episode so this is gonna be a good episode we've got the return of the reptile draft we've got some turtle tech for you guys we have a channel six breaking news and in a twist of events here pizza time is being moved to the end of the episode One of the panelists, I'll let them identify themselves, forgot to prepare the pizza and is now (laughs) scrambling to get one delivered as we record. Well, I decided since Chris thought that eating cold leftover pizza was okay on last episode, that I would uh, do the curveball and go the opposite and get the hottest, freshest pizza delivered right right into my mouth at the end of the episode. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, a little behind the scenes, Chris ate cold pizza because Andrew's mic was fucked up. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm over like for two on the last uh, yeah. pizza times. I'm falling yeah. on the pizza sword for Andrew and I'm getting razzed for it. Yeah, in all seriousness, I just forgot. Happens you know, to the best of us. Classic right. adult move. You know, I forgot and uh, there's no way to cover that up or lie about it. So I just ordered from Domino's. So we'll see when it gets here later. Listen, turtles fight with honor. We podcast with honor. So owning the mistake is the best we can ask for. Um, Listeners will remember that you can get the pizza rankings on our pizza board, which is on Instagram. Um, Andrew, why don't you share maybe your favorite Instagram or social media post for the week? And then we'll go to John for his. Yeah, there's been a lot. I've been trying to do a lot on the gram um, to build the audience. So... This week, what do we feature? Well, we featured a mid-journey generated image of the teenagers from Dimension X. So that was posted when we launched the episode. Um, So check that out. I thought it was pretty cool, pretty artsy. Um, Chris, the next post from this week was uh, was Chris's pizza and his score. But I also did a little, uh, you know, Picasso inspired everything pizza slice. So that's on there. You can check that out. And then uh, I think just yesterday, or last late last night, I um, I also utilized Midjourney to to render some images from our Turtle Tech, our marathon of a Turtle Tech last episode. So John decided, was that your first Turtle Tech, John? It was, yeah, yeah. A thirteen John, part yeah. Turtle Tech, unbelievable. <laughs> We're not going to be. We've got two for today. 
<laughs> trimming it down a little bit. I mean, it was great, great content. I liked the longer episode, but out of the box with a 13-part Turtle Tech is yeah, impressive. Huge. Yeah, and Chris controversially won. You know, I, I, I re- listened back to it, and John was flip-flopping with points and definitions and all that. Uh, but yeah, overall, if you like Turtle Tech, that is the episode for you, hands down. Uh, but anyway, the, I don't know if you guys caught the photos, but it was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, again, I'm, I'm obsessed used... with the Instagram photos, if I'm being honest. What is this? They are. It's awesome. AI-generated art? Yeah, I guess I've never really talked about it on the show. So briefly, um, as as everybody knows in the news, AI is everywhere. So chat, GPT, we talked about that. Um, but for the Instagram, since it is vis- visual-focused, you know, still photos, I thought I would leverage mid-journey which is one of the several AI um, image generating bots. And so I, um, so if you just check out Midjourney, you can utilize their services and you just tell it what you want. So like for those, I just, I literally typed in, uh, you know, memory eraser oh. and that's what came up. Do you mean memory erasure? Erasure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, overall, uh, pretty cool. The other thing I noticed um, on the Instagram is Dave. Dave's got some comments and some likes there. So I want to just shout out, uh, shout out to Dave again and all the fellow foot soldiers. Uh, we've got something special in the works that I'll tease and, and leave for another week. Did Dave happen to leave a voicemail? No. I don't Son think we, bitch. I still don't believe we received any voicemails. <laughs> and of course, what Chris is referring to is the TurtleCom voicemail. So if you go to tmntshellcast.com slash TurtleCom, one word, T-U-R-T-L-E-C-O-M, you can leave us a message, a comment, a question, or just uh, make fun of us and we'll play it on air. So somebody's got to do it besides us. <laughs> All right. With that being said, John, TikTok guru, how's it over in uh, TikTok land? TikTok land, uh, it's been a little bit slow recently, just as I got back from a little uh, vacation. However, the video with the old people in the roller rink, our seven listeners perhaps getting around the roller rink was a fan favorite. And there was actually one comp. So we had a little bit of a debacle as we were talking about quantum computing. <laughs> or I should say, I had a little bit of a debacle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went off was when you're like, there's, what was it? Would you call them bad, dangerous players or bad players? Bad or actors. Something? Bad, bad actors. actors. <laughs> Governments. Yeah. Yeah. The royal we. John just filling yeah. air. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. I was a deer in the headlights. Anyways. I I spliced that clip together with the Miss America contestant that was talking about maps and someone commented on that and said, why didn't they stop both of those people from talking? So to that one commenter, I I ask you, Andrew and Chris, why did you not stop me as I was going through that? John, it's, gold. it's audio gold. I joke like 10 seconds into your spiel and I was just waiting for you to finish. So I could get it off. Yeah. The second you said the royal we, I was like, he has no clue. <laughs> you also opened with quantum computing. I don't really know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you can start. Yeah. 
You did that last so, week too. I think you said you're in over your skis and then you try to explain something. <laughs> or read something out off the wiki. skis, yeah. It yeah. was on, um, yeah, I did it's say great. that. John's just going to be the technical, like if nobody understands it, we're just going to defer to John for his definition. <laughs> <laughs> John's tech <laughs> corner. <laughs> but I, um, I, yeah, Andrew threw so, a little dig at me uh, last episode. He referenced the quantum quantum computing again. So I appreciate it. That's what's going on in TikTok land. we got some ones lined up in the chamber in the drafts actually some people might say so look at those posted but things are going well yep how and about just how on, about on the twitter yeah what on the twitter front first? where i mean as elon musk is just dismantling the platform we're going strong obviously every every wednesday when the new episode is dropped you can find it there we've also got our weekly twitter poll which we'll get to in pizza time um andrew is doing his weekly haikus which i believe are also ai generated so you can get those on what are those Thursdays? Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's call, let's say Thursdays. I, I don't know if I have a specific day, but I again <laughs> I just dedicated Andrew to Thursday haikus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a special uh, April Fool's Day post this week. So check out April. A couple clips of April getting fooled by Shredder up on the Twitter. We'll try and keep it themed with any holidays or I don't know if April Fool's Day is a holiday, but. I don't know what you would call it for Fool's Day. I guess any special events or days I, coming up. I would call it my least favorite day of the year. I fucking hate April Fool's Day. I will I think say everyone uh, tries to make a joke. Everyone, yeah. it's like enough. The hardo. So here's here's what the I realized. Joke, I'm over. The brand jokes are stupid. Everyone does the fake post. Yeah. Like a good old whoopee cushion is still funny to me. So if you can get somebody with an old school prank. As an adult, I find that very funny. Yeah. Um, April Fool's Day joke, though. That's just a prank. Yeah, practical, a little practical joke. Yeah, practical joke. Um, Rachel told me when she was younger, I think it was on April Fool's, but they would do like the whole saran wrap, the toilet um, mm. lid. I mean, that's, that's a <laughs> mess stuff like that. to clean up. Or um, floss on the sprayer, like to the um, sink faucet. So like if you had the... Um, remember dad had the old like hand... You yeah. pull it out and spray separate from his actual faucet in the sink. So she would um, use floss and like tie the handle of the sprayer so that whenever anyone turned on the water, it would spray them right in the face. Mm. So here's Classic. a instead of saran wrap, you put a little gelatin in the water. Oh, in the water down there. So it gelatin looks, yeah. yeah. So it makes it into like a little bit of a solid. So that way it's not like, you know. Huh. Yeah, unless you're taking a dump, that's a little rough. <laughs> I mean, no matter what, <laughs> you're you're SOL. I mean, you're blasting. Do you remember? Gear. Wasn't there a, something where it was like it was? I'm not even gonna. It's too dirty. I can't. Dry dock? Are you talking about dry docking? No, <laughs> no. That's what upper I thought decking. You were going. <laughs> yeah, upper deck. Dry docking yeah. is when you empty the water out first. Oh no! I was talking about where it was so big you have to stand up because it's just straight down. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that is. That sounds like a problem. It's like a South Park episode, <laughs> yeah. the reverse, reverse eating. It sounds like a health <laughs> issue. <laughs> it's a side All effect right. of eating too much broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from that, we'll uh, we'll segue smoothly into this week's episode. Uh, season two, episode twelve. Speaking of April Fool's Day, April's acting a fool in this episode. 
<laughs> we got the Catwoman from Channel 6, uh, which we'll get into. Like I said, we got a couple of good segments coming up. So this episode, uh, we start off, we've got Splinter in meditation mode. He's got a nice big yin-yang behind him. He's got two candles. He's sitting on his little yoga mat. John's holding his notes up for everyone to see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> John's old school. He's going handwritten. <laughs> Wow. He's like dad using a computer for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> I'm just going to start over from the when the show starts. <clears throat> all right. So this episode opens. We've got Splinter meditating in the sewer. He's got his yin-yang behind him. He's got two candles. He's really just trying to zen out. And he's interrupted because there's a lot of noise coming from the turtles room and Andrew, what are the turtles doing in their room? That's disturbing splinter so much. So I believe they're in the living room. We would assume. And they're all yeah. gathered around the television set and they're watching the slime monster T uh, movie. I'm going to, I'm going to say movie um, or TV show, but they're all hemming and Han about the slime monster. Correct. So this, the last couple episodes, We've got some cinephiles, these turtles are. They're watching old monster movies. We had the mutant turtle, or giant turtle, whatever you want to call it, from last week. This week, we get the slime monster, which looks suspiciously similar to the Ghostbusters monster, mm -hmm. which I believe was released right around the same time, so uh, you can probably infer yeah, what that's happened. That's a good call. Um, so basically, Splinter pops in, and he says, hey, turtles... If you watch too much TV, it's going to warp your mind and it, it's going to promote violence. And typical teens, they just kind of shrug them off. They're not interested in hearing that. It's so ironic that he's saying that as we're watching a TV show of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I, I wrote in my notes, ironic watching TV dad talk. Yeah, I think part of me... Maybe I'm a little bit tainted because when I was doing the research on the show for why it ended, it was because they didn't want to be an educational show that aired on Sundays. And I feel like they add some of these like lessons or like societal like morals to the show that I just it's like we don't I'm not here for that. I don't need that. You know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think they do it like sporadically where they remind you that the turtles are teenagers. And this kind of feels like one of those points where Splinter feels more like their dad and less like their sensei sort of. Yeah. So from there we go to shredder. Uh, he's in his warehouse with his trusty sidekicks, bebop and rock steady. And they're standing in front of a state of the art matter transporter, which was a gift or sent to them by Krang. Um, Bebop and Rocksteady are munching on some Chinese food and Shredder explains what the machine can do and John what, what can this machine do this machine <clears throat> can mutate people and it can transport matter correct so the way Shredder describes it is a machine that can transport matter anywhere in the world it's very fitting that John's cat just walked across the keyboard. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, we're going to break 
for the first part of our Turtle Tech segment. Are you guys ready for Turtle Tech? How many rounds this time, Chris? Uh, there's only two. This is going to be the first one. The second round will be later on. So uh, we've cut it down significantly from last week. So the rules are going to be the same. I'm going to give you a description. We'll start with John. John's going to guess a year associated with what I'm talking about. And then Andrew is going to guess either after or before that. So, John, we've just described this matter transmitter. So the earliest known recorded story of a matter transmitter capable of transporting one thing from one spot to another was published in what year? What? This thing is, that again? This actually exists? Pu- this, no, this, so this, for reference, <clears throat> oh. this does not exist. It's so outlandish written. that I just went to... Yeah, first written about. Yeah, first written or about, reference. first described. Yeah. This... Neither of these two things today are in okay. existence. It was too obvious they didn't exist. Okay. So when did I it see. first appear? Are we saying in, in, when in was it? literature or like in um, scientific? When it was published. Yeah. In, like, yeah. The earliest known recorded story of a matter transmitter was published in what year? Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Well, this has got to be a post-World War II. <laughs> situation (laughs) right it's got to be published i'm thinking sci-fi aliens when they became uh i think i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna go 1951 feels kind of roswelly alien kind of thing so 1951 all right john's guess is in andrew before or after so I was gonna say I might I might full commit to this theory that I'm gonna build right build out right now. So my reference point was gonna be Twilight Zone. Hmm. That may be right or wrong, but I do know the Twilight Zone was in the sixties. I think maybe the first episode was like nineteen sixty. So I'm gonna say after after John. Which is probably Andrew, wrong. you are wrong. The first, you guys weren't even close. The first, the earliest known this. recorded story was published in 1877. Oh, recorded story? I thought yeah, you were saying the first recorded the first reference to a Yeah, the first known recorded story of a matter transmitter was published in what year? Oh, okay. Let Perfect. me finish. <laughs> we're way <laughs> off. Almost 100 years off. Um, the story was called The Man Without a Body, Edward Page Mitchell, one of the forefathers of sci-fi. Oh. So I guess you guys were, it made sense that you were guessing space race kind of territory. But if you remember Orwell, War of the Worlds, that was on the radio in like the 30s. So that's still when I do remember that. And let's not, let's not get too, you know, let's not get chastised for how off we are because I seem to remember you thinking the doorbell became commonplace much later than it actually did. Yeah, uh, I and, think I won that round. Actually. And roller coasters, Chris. <clears throat> and roll, yeah, what's not yeah, even sorry, like John, well, All right, we're not going to rehash this, but John's description of a roller coaster was very vague. 
So I will, I you know what? I will give, uh, I'll give <laughs> you both a little points. redemption here. John, <laughs> what TV show popularized Matter Transmitter? Very famous TV show. Star Trek. And it was Beam Me Up, Scotty. John gets a half point. He now has one and a half points. <laughs> right. Andrew didn't even get to guess. Well, you got it right. What do you want me to say? Oh, I don't know. Andrew will get a second guess on the next one. Right. Everyone gets chippy in turtle tech. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I know. I was getting roasted by my turtle deck. People didn't know the rules. Chris was complaining that he thought Listen, he had Johnny. to nail the year to win. You thought you had to get the year to win. No, I didn't. You, my, my qualm was that Andrew was getting softballs, and you also like for a thirteen-part segment, you think you do research a little bit more. But I won, Andrew, so it doesn't. I'm happy. Okay, I, I, you I seem think like the it. advantage is the second person. So if I was getting softballs, I think it's actually better for you because I'm like we have a better understanding of like the dates. You know what I mean? I think the harder questions like this one, I think. It's tough because there's no reference point. And so with John guessing, I still have the advantage, theoretically, you know? Play the odds, Andrew. You know how much shit was written before 1950? Yeah. I mean, I... You said published. It was very... It was was confused, Chris. I read it. I said the earliest known story was published. How much clearer can I be? Anyway, moving back to the episode. So, Shredder is explaining how this machine works. Bebop and Rocksteady are clumsily eating Chinese food while standing on the platform for it. And they're saying, hey, what is this thing? How does it kind of work? And Shredder decides to test it out on them and says, you know what? I'll show you how it works. And he transports <laughs> them to the city dump, his favorite place to be. He sends them to the dump, and they are immediately scooped up and dumped down a sewer pipe. I feel like this would have been a good spot for Shredder to have said, how do you like them apples? As, it, as he transported them, because they were definitely doubting what that machine was for sure. Yeah, I do like the dock. What are you calling that dock? Dockyard um, warehouse. Yeah, pretty cool warehouse. Yep. It was. They, they got good, same good same dockyard as the episode with the <clears throat> Eye of Sarnoth final episode. Same dock. Same Which pier. also yeah. brings to mind. I meant to look this up and I forgot. The Chinese food container had the red dragon on it. Is it the same Chinese food place that Baxter went when he when the crystal brought the dragon to life? It wasn't branded Perhaps. the Chinese food in the, in the dragon original episode. one. Yeah, it was just a restaurant. Remember? Yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, I mean it works, so it's good. So. Down into the sewer pipe, Bebop and Rocksteady go. We go back to the Turtles, who are continuing to watch the Slime Monster movie. Um, Raph has a good line here. He's, you know, they're wondering who's going to be scarfed up next. And Raph says, who cares as long as she's a real good screamer? Which is kind of messed up thing to say. Yeah, that's not, that's not PG right there. And also, like, in the dump, we just dump trash down the sewer. Apparently. Back in the 80s, yeah. I guess, in New York. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, so I just don't know why. We do have a pizza reference here, a visual. And 
my question is why is the pizza just always red like overwhelmingly red but here um chris what are we going to call this official pizza added to so we're going to call this garlic pizza there's some little flex little white flex that to be honest i just called garlic yeah but get some variety and they are i agree with andrew very saucy pizzas these turtles look yeah sauce heavy um the other thing too i meant to bring this up a few episodes ago but have you guys noticed yet that rocksteady who is the rhinoceros as chris chris's alliteration um can you help us with um he's the same voice actor as leonardo have you noticed that is he huh yeah next episode pay attention to it and you'll definitely be able to pick it out now it hasn't always been that way at some point in season two, I think the same voice actor for Leonardo started doing Rocksteady when they returned from Dimension X. But uh, yeah, so just keep that in mind. There are, the, they're starting to blend together now, but when I first was watching episodes, like the voice actors are in a ton of other work. So it's like, like I think we did Pete from Goofy is, is one of the guys. So. Um, so the Turtles, they're in there, they're watching their movie and... Just right behind them pop Bebop and Rocksteady, just wander in the sewers, stumble into the turtle layer, and kind of surprise the turtles. And we get our first fight of the episode. So this fight, I honestly, I like this fight a lot. They're going back and forth. Bebop and Rocksteady kind of take an early lead. Rocksteady gets his horn stuck in a wall. And then the turtles all tackle Bebop, pig pile on him, pun intended. Um Rocksteady frees himself from the wall, charges them, and immediately gets stuck in the other wall. Um, and the turtles kind of, you know, win, so speaks, win the round there. So any any comments on the fight before we move on? It's a very unintentional, villainous effort there by Bebop and Rocksteady. Just, you know, kind of bumbling around the sewer, and they find the lair. Perhaps an argument to, to raise them in the villain power ranking, even though they lose the fight or do they lose the fight? We'll find out in a second, but, um, Bebop and Rocksteady, the only villains so far besides the Mausers to find the turtles layer. I think I'm correct in saying that plant monster also. Oh, true. I don't but, think they've plant monster found. Well, plant did it break through dead. the wall. Yeah. Maybe. Of the sewers. I don't know if it was the layer specifically. That's fair. I think, I think I give credit to Bebop and Rocksteady here too because they were still carrying the Chinese, the original Chinese food that they went to the dump with. So, yeah. Well, who doesn't like to munch on um, yep. some poor fried rice as you're, you know, bumbling around the uh, the sewers? And that actually reminds me, I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the Instagram. Did you guys see how they uncovered like this? city under manhattan that's 16 stories deep and it looks just like it would be the turtles lair or turtles like sewers yeah no i know there's abandoned subway tunnels and stuff down there yeah i think i think that's what it was but it looks epic so what i'm going to do is i'll I'll post a link to it in the uh, show notes but everyone should check that out because the turtles may actually be real yeah just throwing that out there you know so there too i should say too here Andrew, not sure if you caught it, but Leonardo referred to them as Rocksteady and Bebop. Yeah, I did not catch it. I did not. Cody, it's infuriating because it happens it every single time they I'll pop re- up. I'll rewatch it. So, are we are we the only ones that call them Bebop and Rocksteady? I think everyone does. Okay, it's got like you a little. Lead it's with like, a simpler name. 
and it's it's like a little iambic pentameter action like the phrasing and the syllables kind of go along with yeah and it's alphabetical too if you really want to get yeah R. I put them as BNR in the show notes because I hate writing their names out all the time. I know. Um, I think this might be the earliest fight scene, though. Yeah, we're probably like three or four minutes into the episode at this point. So this fight scene happens. They they mess up the place pretty good, and then in kind of the scuffle, we cut back to Shredder. He, you know, he's basically saying these guys have learned their lesson. I'm going to bring them back. And kind of mid fight, right as things turn for Bio up and Rocksteady, he morphs them back into his lair. Um. As he's going to, you know, beam them back, this orange cat kind of sneaks in, jumps across the keyboard. He shoes it off, a little foreshadowing there, which we'll get to. But um, they're beamed back and, you know, they tell him, hey, why did you beam us back? We were just about to get those shell backs, I think they say. And Shredder is just stunned. He's surprised they found the turtle's lair. He's demanding to know where it is. And they just can't remember. They're saying they took lefts, they took rights, but they can't remember how to get back. Just, it was amazing to me that Shredder didn't know where the tur- where the turtle layers are, because I feel like he's had a lot of tools to be able to find them. Like, are they mo- are they moving around the sewers? No, I mean they're moving around the sewers, but their their home is fixed. But you're right. I mean the the Mausers. Um... The Mauser definitely found them and tracked them. Bebop and Rock City did as well. So, I mean, he's, yeah, he's excited and, and rightfully so because if he could find, that's what I had in my notes earlier, finding the turtle's home is the penultimate step before death. In theory, Their right? death. Their death, yeah. So, I mean, if you can find and where somebody lives. Who's plant? Like, did, have you guys seen any of the John Wicks? Yes. Great, okay. great movies. Just started watching Incredible it. Job. I watched the second one last night. And spoiler spoiler alert: John Wick's home gets blown up. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if you can find where for, where you're, <laughs> do, we where you're need, do we need to drop that spoiler alert? Why? It's not even. It's like at the beginning of the movie. It's not. I mean, I will just because it is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I should say too. Keen listeners may have detected a hiccup. In my previous sentence, nothing makes you sound drunk than a poorly timed hiccup right in the middle of a sentence. (laughs) I am, in fact, not drunk. But I did have a case of the hiccups from a laughing fit earlier that have seemed to have passed. Oh, John, why don't you do your little, uh, just um, say I'm not a fish to myself trick, which doesn't work. I didn't think of that, but I no longer have the hiccups. John, when you go to shoe Marshall off of something, what do you typically say? Um, like, let's say he jumps up on your computer right now. What would you say? I don't know if I, I don't know if I have anything scripted. I'd be like, uh, no, 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 off, get off. Yeah, you. Down. Well, I can I can guarantee you wouldn't say scat. Yeah, Did you guys no. catch that? Keen. Speak of keen, keen uh, listeners. Shredder says scat kitty or whatever to the cat as he jumps on his computer keyboard. And he just like smashes his fist down on the, the controls. Yeah, he does. Which I guess goes to show you just the razor thin edge of Shredder's emotions. 
Everything's going smooth. He's playing a good prank, and then a cat jumps up, and he loses his mind. So, have you ever had a cat jump up and sit on your keyboard? It is very infuriating, but also quite cute, if I'm being honest. John, your cat just owns you. He has no respect (laughs) for your space. So, anyway, Bebop and Rocksteady, they're back. They're trying to remember how to get back to the turtle layer, but they can't. We go back to the Turtles. They're kind of lamenting the loss of their broken TV. Donnie's trying to figure out how to fix it. He thinks it's too far gone. Um, Mikey, I don't know if you guys caught this. He's upset. He's going to miss what, John? What show is he wanting to see? Uh, Isn't it just the show that they were watching before? The Blob Monster? No. He he references the title, Andrew. Did you catch it? I don't think I didn't have it in my notes. So he says he's mad he's going to miss It Came From Beneath the Sewers, which keen listeners will recognize in episode name, episode three of this season was called It Came From, no, sorry, he says It Came From the Sewers. The episode from the season is It Came From Beneath the Sewers. That's the Plant Monster episode. So a little Easter egg there for everyone. Is it though? Uh, Yes. You don't oh, think that was intentional, John? Timely, because I think this episode is going to drop the week leading into Easter, Chris. So nice uh, little it is. segue. Easter there. is this coming Sunday. Why? So, what does Easter have to do with any of this? Because I just said an Easter egg, John. Oh. <laughs> do you even listen? This is what I'm talking about where you zone out. You don't even listen to what I say. It's just dead air. <laughs> no, okay. Okay, I'm with you. Oh. <laughs> I'm with you. So, so the turtles, they decide we got to call April for help here. We don't know what else to do. And um, they call her up. And what is she reporting on, John? Let's see if you even watched this episode. <laughs> She's reporting <laughs> on the fat cabbie contest. Yes. Which and the not winner, sure what is the contest just to be the biggest cabbie. I don't know. That's what it appears on a visual that it's just the fattest cabbies in the city. Um, Andrew, do you remember the the? Here's a, your chance to earn half a point. Uh, I didn't. I didn't write his name down. Oh, I John? was going to. I figured someone else would. I, I knew know. Chris would. That's why I didn't write it down. Because yeah. he loves these details. His name, Myron Bimbleton. Ooh. Which is just a funny fat guy name, I guess. There's no like, nothing significant about it. But you, you know Myron what's Bimbleton about him and you and you uh, mentioning his name is um, in the TMNT Reddit this week. Somebody posted that screenshot and said, I really hope NECA, the company that's making all these tune version action figures, makes a deep cut of Myron Bimbleton <laughs> from the fat cabbie. Like it was it couldn't have been time any perfecter. So wow. I am gonna comment on that post and uh you know tag the team and T shellcast to see if he's listening along at home. We don't know. Perfect. Andrew a chance to redeem yourself. What did he get so fat eating? Something, lots of onions. Chili with onions. Yeah. You're both wrong. Chili burgers with extra onions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I'll take a half a point. Um, what's a chili burger? Just a burger with chili on it, John. It's like a chili dog. But potentially a cold burger. Oh, <laughs> this is a terrible joke. <laughs> it actually took me a second. So April's interviewing this guy, Myron. He's just one. She gets the incoming call. 
and this part is um, interesting, again, maybe a little foreshadowing. So Donnie's on the phone. He says, April, we need your help. There's a bunch of alligators down here in the sewer we need you to come help us with. And she goes, oh, my gosh, this is, like, perfect. She's mad. She's doing this fat cabbie contest. This is going to be a great story for her. She says she'll bring a camera. And Donnie says, no, 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 no. Maybe just bring a spare TV with you. So, Andrew, I believe there is a villain at some point in the future that's an alligator, right? Yes. I believe alligator. So, maybe a little foreshadowing, maybe not. Do you notice her... um... When she opened the Turlcom number one, it was like a different Turlcom. It was black and white instead of the, yep. the actual, like the the screen. It looked uh, like layout. a flip phone, like that I had when I like my first phone ever. Yeah, so she she does have a flip Turlcom, different from the Turtles. So she has um, it kind of reminds me of I don't know what the makeup thing. is. Yeah, the makeup mirror foundation, I guess. Would be Usually, I always call it pancake. I don't know what it's actually called. It's like a it's clamshell. It's a clamshell opening turtle phone. But did you see her fingernails? Probably not. But I did. And she <laughs> goes with the skin tone finger fingernail polish. Is that just their way of doing clear? Yeah, probably. But I'm going to call it skin tone and only psychos do skin tone, I think. That is creepy. I'm going to drop that. Yeah. Hmm. Psycho um, move. Psycho move. But I also think I, kind of cheesy for the turtles to trick April into just bringing a TV for them to watch. It came from the sewers. Especially very, since previous episodes, they have like 30 TVs down there. Yeah. They were just, just in the garage or somewhere like watching TV and Splinter had one in his room. So I don't know what's going on. Does Splinter have his own room, you think? I think he was meditating in his room. Yeah, he also has a microwave in his room because remember he put the whole pizza box in from a while ago. So he's definitely got either a meditation room or something so far. But eventually in season three, he does have his own dedicated bedroom. Hmm. I wonder if they all share a bathroom. This is also a good um, shout out to the TikTok. There's a funny video that was posted that relates to Shredder and how much he enjoys the sewer. So go check that out at TMNT Shellcast. I don't think I've seen that one. So interesting. But April, she goes down to the sewer. Here's a little Easter egg for you. Hot diggity dog. Chris, continue. (laughs) All right. Um, April heeds the call of the turtles. She goes down to the sewer she brings this little TV set, which the turtles are just enthralled by. They're watching their show on it. Um, and while they're watching, Splinter explains to April that two of Shredder's thugs, interesting, he doesn't just call them Bebop and Rocksteady, who she knows, but he says two of Splinter or Shredder's thugs tore up the sewer hideout while using a matter transporter. I don't know how he knew that that's what <laughs> they used to get down there, but he has these these insights, which we can't explain. I had in my um, notes, I said, does Splinter, does he not know Bebop and Rocksteady's names? He's definitely encountered them. It's actually a good point. Has he ever known their names? Well, what it was in season one where he was hanging by a string up in the Technodrome because Bebop and Rocksteady sort of charged the turtles. Like, he definitely is aware of who they are. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and then in the 
one where Baxter gets vaporized into like half a second into the future, yeah. he drives a turtle van through the junkyard and blasts um, right. at Bebop and Rocksteady. So he may not know who they are, but how the fuck does Splinter know about the matter transporter? This is just he just has these feelings. These um <laughs> these plot plot holes, they're starting to pile up. You know, I didn't Sorry, I didn't pick up. that up. That's a good call. So. He tells her what happens, and kind of as she's standing there, she finds a Wu's Oriental Palace Chinese food container, which Bebop and or Rocksteady left behind. And she says, you know what? I could use this to track down Shredder, where he's hiding out at. Um, and she's she's just chasing a news story at this point. She says, if I can find Shredder, we can figure this out. Um, and the turtles decide to kind of follow her just to keep her safe. So... Given that April is chasing a news story, we've got a little Channel 6 breaking news segment for you. So, you guys may well be aware, I believe, within the last week or at least the last couple weeks, it was announced that there is a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in development Surprisingly, not tied to the movie that's coming out. Uh, this is going to be based on the graphic novel or graphic comic series, The Last Ronin, which, Andrew, why don't you give us a little description of what that comic series is about? Yeah. So the diehard uh, comic fans are going to obliterate me, but I'll give you the layman's, uh, layman's version. So The Last Ronin is an independent miniseries. So it's got five issues. It's independent from any of the other TMNT comic series. And if I remember correctly, uh, well, number one, uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird both wrote The Last Ronin. So that's big for TMNT fans because at some point they diverged on their projects and one, like Eastman was working on one comic line while Laird was working on another. So this is, I think, the first one that they were reunited, but it was published in 2020. So at the start of the pandemic, essentially, or during the pandemic. So I think a lot of people read it because there wasn't much else to do. But to Chris's question, what was it about? So my understanding, since I haven't read it, is there's one turtle that's left alive. And you kind of follow them through. There's flashbacks and just personal struggles. So you follow this turtle. And the idea is, as you go through the five issues, you start to piece together which turtle is left and it, it uncovers like how the other ones died. So why it became really popular is because it's um, just a unique spin on uh, personality of the turtles, essentially. And it's kind of got that thriller suspense built into it. Yeah, I had it was a, a grim futuristic version of the Turtles where the Foot Clan had killed three of them. And there was one remaining. And it's ambiguous as to who the last remaining is because they use all four of the of the yeah. Turtles' weapons. But the idea is they're avenging the the lost Turtles' deaths, essentially. And, and um, I think the other thing, too, is this was inspired, again, kind of going back to Daredevil, we talked about the original inspiration for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. 
I believe there was a last Ronin comic series. I think it was DC, perhaps I should have looked this up, but they were inspired directly from that. Cause if, if you guys recall too, Ronin is a character in the Marvel uh, universe as well, or alter ego, I guess of Hawkeye or, or mm-hmm. several. So I was trying to figure out like, what is Ro- like, I see this Ronin stuff everywhere. And uh, essentially it kind of goes back to a comic in the seventies. And I think it might've been daredevil where they did a, a separate kind of timeline and they called it, you know, the last Ronin or something, something of that nature. Yeah. Typically I don't like when stories depart from the main storyline. This looks really cool to me. Um, the games, I, I've never played this game. It's supposed to be based off kind of like a God of War like game, which I've never played. I know it was a super popular game. So I think a lot of people will be into it. And I think it's cool that when I was reading the description of the turtle, which also it, I found out who it was. I don't want to, I guess I won't yeah, spoil it for people. Don't spoil that. I, found I also out. found out too. But um, okay. it's cool because that the turtle that's left wears a black bandana and carries all of the weapons of all the turtles. So to you know, to Andrew's point, it's like a discovery story. But in my head, I was like, well, wouldn't it be obvious which turtle it is? But they're carrying basically all the weapons that they would have all had. And what's what's cool about this, I think the reason it's so popular or became so popular is because it it um, is a mature, it's a more mature story. And so I think a lot of the older, like the original TMNT fans, I consider ourselves kind of in that phase. They want more mature, you know, death and uh, that sort of like storyline. So, so I think it's, it's popular for that reason. And and when it comes to the video game, I think it's unique, uh, too, because my understanding is it's kind of like this open world, it's a triple a rated video game. So John, I think at one point you talked about video game ratings. I don't know exactly what that means. I just know it's supposed to be like this open world esque. And I, in my mind, I think of, Mm -hmm. you know, any of the popular kind of, yeah, those sorts of things. So. It is a, when it comes out. It's a, fact. it's a few years out from when it's going to get like fully developed. So got a little bit ways to wait. But but in the meantime, if you're into the last run, besides the comics, um, they've also launched an action figure line. So I think there's maybe like a half dozen to a dozen last run in action figures, which look pretty cool. Not necessarily something I'm pursuing at this moment, but uh, I might. I might pick up a, a comic at some point. We'll see. Yeah. I will say the last thing I'll say on the, the game is like, to me, this is like burn a full turtles Renaissance here where there's different games and not everything's tied together. There's different genres and storylines and there's action figures and there's movie and there's a game. So like in the past when they did the, the J- James Bay movies or whatever that guy's name is, it was just like Michael the movie Bay. came out and either liked the movie or you didn't. This feels like the turtles are back, you know, all this superhero stuff going on. Finally, the turtles have, have made a full appearance. And what's cool is to my understanding, Eastman and Laird enjoy the fact that there's different storylines and it, it kind of, again, I, I never really got into comics, but my understanding is even for like Batman and Iron Man and all those comics, like they spun off parallel universes where maybe in one Iron Man dies and the other one, maybe he's a girl, you know, all these different storylines to appeal to all different sorts of people and to me that's what i like about team nt is even if you don't like the 87 cartoon series you're gonna like something and uh 
you know, whether you're a five-year-old, a 30-year-old or an 80-year-old, there's, there's something coming out for you or something that already exists that can tickle your uh, TMNT fancy. Yeah. Andrew, what's the periodic table symbol for iron? Iron is FE, I believe. So a little interesting, iron man, iron male, female. Maybe that Iron is Man not is not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, John, connect the dots. I, I would have to say that I was not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just a little food for thought for people out there that have the ability to think outside the box, unlike John. Which is, uh, I, I basically just uh, broke the first rule of improvisation, which is you always agree with your co-host. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, I did a no but. So. All right. Anything else on the last Ronin before we move on? The only uh, thing I would say, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, and it's not really related to the Teenage Mutant Turtles, but more of it's the same studio that created God of War that you had mentioned, Chris. I think that there is this challenge that exists where you play through a series of video games and you can't pick up any like gear and you can't get any damage taken. And it's like one of the hardest things to do. It's like five video games that you play through from beginning to end, all five in a row, no damage taken. And I think God of War is one of those video games that does it. So it's be interesting to see if this Ninja Turtle one would become part of that. That sounds impossible. There was a, a video game streamer that did it, and it took him like 100 hours to complete. You guys, Jesus. I've never played God of War. I have friends that have. Um, do you think you guys, based on what you've read, that you'll uh, you'll pick this up when it comes out? Yeah, I think I'm just inclined to buy anything Turtles related. Yeah, but yeah, I think the issue is um, it's going to be like a PS5, Xbox, whatever the next one is, and uh, I currently don't own one of those mega powered video game oh. systems, so. You can always come over to my place. We'll have to do a bonus episode of Chris just playing. <laughs> just stream myself. Chris can just start on start your own Twitch. Yeah. Can I get some W's in the chat? Do a little Twitch stream. All right. Moving on. That was Channel 6 breaking news. What are W's in the chat? Wins. Women? Come on. Oh. Can you ever see a little Twitch stream going on? Hey, you chat. Women? You... Is that what it is? No. Wins. Like W. Oh. It's a win. Got a W. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't even watch Twitch. I just know that's like a thing. I've never heard of that. Um, all right. So we're back into the episode here. And the turtles, they're following April to this Woo's, uh, Woo's Oriental Cuisine place. So she gets there first. She walks in right up to the front counter and says, hey, I'm a news reporter. And that instantly puts everybody on guard. There's what appear to be a lot of Japanese folks in the Chinese food restaurant, but there's like sumo wrestlers and people wearing geese, their karate outfits um, or uniforms, whatever you want to call them. And <laughs> they're all just very angry and like surly. So she announced herself as a reporter that everyone gets kind of crazy. And she goes, oh, actually, I'm just a food critic. And that seems to calm everyone down. And she picks so, up with chopsticks a bologna, a bologna-esque entree. Yeah, pops it right down. Um, 
And she asks Wu himself. He's behind the counter. This is a this is a very small time operation. Wu's name is on the building, and he's also the chef. And she says, "Hey, have you seen um, these two weird looking people? Have they ordered any Chinese food in the last hour?" And he says, "Yeah, actually, they they did come in. They were wearing masks, and they they came from the warehouse at the end of the pier." So he gives her the tip she's looking for instantly without much hesitation. Um, I do I do just want to note. Um probably offensive a uh, little clip here for Asians because uh, I didn't look into the history but I know like the term oriental has been phased out I don't know if that's considered uh, you know um, racist would John, would John say yeah, yeah racist but uh, would you say bad actor bad acting from last episode so I do just want to say uh, acknowledge that and we're just reciting, you know, as, as it appears in, in the episode. Um, the other thing I wanted to add is the turtles specifically mentioned when April leaves, how dangerous Wu's restaurant is. And so I think that was kind of the buildup to the scene that you walked through, Chris, where when she mentions she's a reporter, all those guys kind of perk up because they're in my mind, like at that hotel in John Wick where they're all like assassins just kind of gathering and eating eating at a restaurant. Is this a John Wick recap podcast? John John Wick is if you it's just a, the best pure action movie you can find. The plot I mean, that, is simple, there's a lot of killing, but I, it's also cool. I would say that's very accurate description Chris of like the Continental Hotel but it's just a restaurant instead. Yeah, that was a great reference. John, sorry, you don't understand it. Maybe I'm sorry. you should be more of a cinephile like the turtles are. Cinephile? Cinephile? Whatever. So, April, she's got her lead. Um, and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to wander down the pier here. I'm going to stroll right into this empty hideout that nobody is in. Who knows where Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder are. But she just pops in and is just instantly taking photos of everything. She steps onto the platform to take photos of the platform of the matter transmitter, which is just a wild move. And while she's up there, John, what happens? A cat comes in, jumps on the keyboard or controller of the machine, pushes a button, and then runs over to stand next to April, and then the machine zaps them. Correct. So much like John's cat, Marshall, has been walking on the screen this episode, this orange cat, the very same cat that jumped on the control panel when Shredder was beaming Bebop and Rocksteady, does the same thing to April. She's taking photos of it, but it hops on the platform. They both get momentarily beamed. They don't get transported anywhere. But April immediately feels woozy. And she drops to her knees and Andrew, what happens to her fingernails that you were so obviously scoping out earlier in the episode? They look reminiscent of cat claws. Correct. So they start to grow out, and she knows she's in a little bit of trouble. But, oh, go ahead, Andrew. I was just going to say, and um, important to note, the cat runs off. Correct. Right? Yeah. The cat, cat runs off. Cat skedaddles. Skedaddles off of the control panel. Or the controller, which leads us into our reptile draft. 
So what are controllers great for? They're great for playing video games. So we're going to do a four-round snake draft of the best video games. Notice I'm saying best and not favorite. So maybe those are your favorite. Maybe they're the best. Maybe they coincide. But we're just going to go for the best video games of all time. Any system is in play, including, we'll say including the computer. Yeah. So anywhere you can play a video game, arcade, console, computer, it'll count. Um, do we? How do we want to determine the order here? Do you want to spin the wheel, Andrew? I can spin, or are we doing the thing that John mentioned? Uh, whoever came in last, oh, on the poll pole. goes first. This yes. now we now let's just spin the wheel, right? Yeah, spin the I mean, wheel. This, this is one where I don't think the poll is for the pizza. Pizza oh, for the pizza. Okay. So let me spin the wheel. And who is going to... Do I need to jot these down? Whatever the answers are. I'll, I'll write them down. All right. I'm going to pen and paper. All right. So first one up. I'm going to share it so you guys know that I'm not... Uh, this is one where, honestly, I don't know that the order really matters. I don't think so as either. Much. But it's just another opportunity to get our get our wheel yeah. up here. So Ooh, you added this thing to the center. That wasn't there before. Nope. Oh, look at that. That's so always... I'm, Commissioner gets the first pick. First, Andrew. Yeah. All right. John is second. Chris is third. All right, Andrew. So, whenever you are ready. This is this was tough because I also I I did notice you said best, so I took that into consideration. Um. However, I've got a long list. So the question is, when will I stop lagging? And hopefully and the answer now. is, are you? Am I? Yeah. I don't the know. audio isn't the video. There we You're go. Good. You cut yeah. up. Okay. Um, so I'll walk through my rationale here for my number one pick. I believe one of the best video game series of all time that I've played. So th- this is my caveat. I, if I personally despise the game, <clears throat> I left it off my list, even if it, even though it may be considered one of the best of all time. And I'll, I'll talk about that later because I'm sure it will come up. But Grand Theft Auto, in my opinion, one of the best of all time. And specifically, this is what I was trying to remember. What was the first one that we owned? Was it Liberty City? Th- uh, three. Grand Theft Auto 3. Three. Do we want to say you have to pick? Are you getting the whole genre? Or do you have to pick a specific? I'm going to sp- pick a specific game. All right, good. I was going to suggest you do. So that works out. Yeah, let me just double check. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, notably, I only played like two or three Grand Theft Auto, so that may not be actually the best one. But in my mind, really the first truly like open world where you can just do anything you want or nothing. Like You can just drive around and listen to music and not even do any of the campaigns, not even hit or, or kill anyone. So to me, that really just like, opened my mind. I remember playing that game because that came out in 2001. And I remember I was, how old were we? 2001, I was... Um, you were 12, I was 10. 12, yeah. It just, I, I thought every game should be like that. Like there should be a Ninja Turtles game like Grand Theft Auto. I remember thinking that way back then. And hopefully we get that with the last run in. But I'm going to go Grand Theft Auto 3, my first choice. Would it be noted Andrew wants to kill hookers with Ninja Turtles? 
actually my favorite thing to do uh was to get the bazooka get on the rooftop and start just blasting at the heli- the police helicopter that would come after you got to five stars or three stars <laughs> whatever it was so that was a great if you had a couple friends or like us you would just five stars who can last the longest and you just pass the controller but yeah grand theft auto i don't know if that's my favorite version but great great game series i think it's like the number one selling of all time or something like that uh yes the number one selling is uh grand theft auto 5 I don't think I played that one after. That's the latest. They like, there's a whole online. It's crazy now what they do with that game. I think it came out like 10 years ago and they're still releasing content for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wild. That is correct. So, So with my number one pick in the 2023 video game draft, I select Pokemon Yellow. And here is the reasoning for that. One, Game Boy, Game Boy, for Game Boy, yeah, for Game Boy Color. Yes, the Pokemon. It's really. I mean, I really should get Pokemon Yellow, Red, Blue. That, uh, those releases. I think you know between Red, Blue, and Yellow, there's not a whole ton of difference. So I'm actually going to take all three of those. Yes, Generation One for Pokemon. One of the first games where you could play Pokemon. In fact, <laughs> it, it was the first. Maybe it was just the, you know, the marketing for it, the idea behind it. I thought about going with the number one pick, some of the other um, Pokemon games, but I think the classic catch the Pokemon, raise them. There was always this, you know, um, I, I, I think the best part for me was when there's a companion book that, gives you all of the information that you can just dive so deep into the lore of the game and understanding. I think it really changes sort of how you interact with it. The amount of hours spent playing that game um, was high for me. So I'm going Pokemon uh, generation one for game boy. Yeah. I will say the best selling Pokemon games of all time at 30, just shy of 32 million units sold. So I, and I'm not a diehard Pokemon fan, but I will say, Chris, you had red and I had blue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did play quite a bit of blue. Only Pokemon game I've ever played. And uh, I enjoyed it. It's portable. It's like, what, 8-bit, 16-bit, like the old school bad graphics. But you know it's a great game because you're still playing it, even though you Mm -hmm. might as well just be playing with a bunch of, you know, squares on a screen. So, kudos, John. That game, pick. that was going to be my number one pick. I've logged more hours in Game Boy Pokemon than I think any other game. To the point where I used to turn the volume off and I could still hear the sounds of the game in my head. Mm-hmm. I could get through, what was it, Rock Tunnel, the dark, yeah. the first dark cave. I didn't even need Flash. I could just feel my way through the tunnel. Missingo off the coast of Cinnabar Island. I mean, the just a great, great game. Playing with the worm light on the Game Boy in the dark. Yeah, I was going to say, like, late nights, grinding away, fucking raise your Pokemon. Like, the unknown of the Elite Four, it was just just well done. Well done. Metapod v. Metapod, harden, harden, tackle. You're doing one damage at a time. Just grinding. If I remember correctly, though, 
yellow had a disadvantage right off the bat because you face Brock, who is a rock. Uh, what do you want to call it? Rock um, gym leader. Gym leader. Gym leader. Rock type. Yeah, rock type. So electric type we know is not good against rock. Yeah. And if you got blue, which I did, you would start with Squirtle and just beat the shit out of Onyx. You could choose in blue. You could get you? the choice of Bulbasaur, uh, Squirtle, or Charmander. All right. Well, I guess I chose Squirtle. Squirtle you know, Bulbasaur. I like Bulbasaur better. Favorite Pokemon of the basics. Yeah, but, but plant Pokemon kind of suck. Yeah. But Nobody wants to be a plant Pokemon guy. From a graphic design, I am. I think Bulbasaur. I'm a big, I was Bulbasaur. Yeah. Yeah. Pikachu sucks. All right. We all know that. John took my pick, but he left me probably my second favorite game, which also happens to be one of the best games of all time, and that is Mario Kart. For the Super Nintendo, I know people are going to hem and haw, but we've talked about this before, I think. I'm pretty sure at one point I was a top 10 Mario Kart Super Nintendo guy in the world. The simple tracks, simple characters... Didn't have all the extras. You couldn't change your card around. You just, I picked Toad, Jump Turn, and I just owned people. And if you wanted a little challenge, you could shrink yourself down, put it on 250 or 150 cc's. You could get squashed, but many an hour was spent logging, logging laps in Mario Kart. I believe, yeah, it's for the record, it's Super Mario Kart is the video game. Whatever. I never yeah, understood the Super versus regular. They're all they're always super. You, and the you super this. was for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I think it just went to Super Nintendo. But um, Chris mentioned this a few weeks ago. Definitely the best version of Mario Kart, hands down. And and as John likes to say, <laughs> um, if you own the Switch, they have the Super Nintendo like download pack, and you can still play that game. Uh, I wish they would make it online multiplayer. Maybe that's asking too much. But great game, great pick. We logged a ton of hours playing that as well. That's a fun point. fact, Andrew. They it is online and it is multiplayer. Is it four though? Is it just okay? Oh yeah, just for like other. Oh yeah, it's not like a online versus other. It's just if you have yeah, like three or four of you switch yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, we may have to play that sometime, John. Yes, we may. All right, and then for my second pick, I get the wraparound here. This. I don't know if this is on everyone's radar, but this game, I know you both will appreciate. We love sports games. I know where you think I might be headed. I know exactly where you're headed. Not NHL 98. Nope. You're going something else. The greatest baseball game ever made. MVP 2005. Just the perfect... There was a tipping point right around this game where sports games just became too complex and there's too much going on. This was a perfect balance of somewhat easy to play, but there was just enough depth where you could create a stadium. You could do a bunch of stuff. We did one season where we each played as like the minor league affiliate, whatever we ended up doing, but RIP because our dog Jake ate this game. The only copy we had. But, yeah, and then they discontinued MVP baseball after that for a, yeah, a little while. I they think, lost the licensing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's the show now and all that stuff, and you can do a bunch of stuff, and it's cool. But this game, just in the prime of, I think, sports video gaming, was the best baseball game there was. 
I think controls wise too, wasn't this was one of the early ones where you use the joysticks to be able to pitch. So a curveball was a certain one too. Yeah, you yeah, can put right. the the joy the joysticks on. And it had the prospects. It was the first game we had that had all the prospects and the minor league teams. Build your own stadiums, uh, make your own teams, which probably existed for baseball games before, but they really did a good job. Like we, we played that to oblivion. So sports, sports games, players recognize how good of a game that is. But I think outside of that, not anybody's going to actually realize how good the game MVP 2005 was. Who was on the cover? Manny. Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez. Okay. Okay. That's a great I think pick. that's a bad pick. I didn't even consider that. Oh, I think it's great. Probably I mean, early on. I think I probably could have got it later, but I had to have it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say great pick for best in our childhood, but not yeah. best all time. And listen, I'm trying to build a well rounded team here. Yeah. I don't want to over. Nostalgia. We play a lot of sports games. Yeah. I don't want to get all sports, but that, yeah. if you're talking sports games, to me, that's the best sports game that was ever made. Wow. That's a not even just baseball. I'm talking all best time sports. best sports game ever. Have you bought a copy on eBay and you just played on your PS2? It's not backwards compatible. I don't even have a PS2. Well, you could probably buy a PS2 on eBay too. That might just want. for that. Okay, I wouldn't have taken. <laughs> I wouldn't have taken that one, but Chris does what Chris does. So, with my second <laughs> pick, I am not going a sports game. But what game I will go is a computer game. And the name of that computer game yep. is SimCity. Oh. Nope. Oh, wow. 3000. Oh, I just Sim threw up in my mouth. 3000. Because That's the wrong game. I thought John was what? going Lemmings. John was a big Lemmings Ooh. computer player. No, there's a one Ooh. I might I don't want to say cuz I might end up taking it, but there's a better game. SimCity 3000, it was revolutionary. The there was online play. So you could sync up with other people to develop cities, connect with them, and develop the world. It is definitely one of my favorite games. I have spent many a time in college and in pre-college playing that game. I think it was great. The you know it was simple enough where you could understand it, and you didn't have to worry too much about you know, citizen happiness and all that kind of bullshit. You could build cities. It was the introduction of destruction. So you could put tornadoes and forest fires and hurricanes, alien landings you could have in your city. So I'm going SimCity 3000. One of my favorites. Thank you, Maxis. Now, if you would please hurry up and get it online so that we can continue to play it and license it to Nintendo so that they can make it it would be very appreciated so thank you very much i don't think that game would be good on a console though you need the dexterity of a mouse do you remember we had that for ps1 we had a SimCity for ps1 we had it for super nintendo yeah oh maybe that's what i'm thinking then yeah, yeah. that's maybe the one the yeah nintendo one was not great on the console granted that was probably the second or third SimCity they ever made but uh yeah we logged quite a few hours playing SimCity. Just chill music, and it's like yeah, yeah, peaceful to play, very relaxing. If I recall, John would build like a modern city was like all gridded out, like he had very um, yes. predictable, like modern very grid-like footprint. Yeah, grid like. I was kind of a wild card. I always try to get the highways working, but I could never figure it out until 
like years <laughs> later. Like I'd build these crazy highways to connect, but nobody would drive them because I wouldn't put on ramps to get on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just could never get commercial development. A lot of industrial smog going on, but never never got the skyscrapers I wanted. Yeah, and they always I, those motherfuckers always wanted more um police stations and and uh fucking fire departments. Yeah, like libraries and Library, shit. Yeah, I'm like spending all my money on building libraries and meanwhile i can't even put you know light industrial over here to get a farm growing you know yeah people get so mad when there was heavy industrial too it's like the pollution was out of control the water always i did like yeah like the progression of it too was like if you wanted to have a like a major league baseball team you first had to build your minor league team and get a following and it was just i thought very well thought out did you guys ever play it without the cheat codes though it's impossible. What was the cheat code? Like my cousin Vinny would give you like a million dollars or something. Yeah. Is that it? And then you do, yes. I think exclamation point, like semicolon to copy and paste it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. But I will you say you'd have to play, sit there for years to actually accrue enough money yeah. to build anything. Yes. And um, so I will say post-college, I did develop a city not using cheat codes. Very hard to break even. A lot of unhappy people for a little while. The benefit, though, is once you have one city developed and you start creating on other grids, you have like, you know, you connect some roads and highways, you have free population, and it becomes very much easier to do that. So, very good. Wow. All right, city so printing drone off to Andrew. Um, I'm going to tailor this a little bit more towards my favorite video games because I had, I had a, big list here that some were just the best I considered and then some were my favorites. So I'm going to go, Chris had mentioned um, MVP baseball 2005. Personally, I think the game, the best sports game I ever played was Madden 2004, which is the Michael Vick edition. That was on my list, but that's a good pick. And I, I probably didn't, I probably played Madden until when was I freshman in, in college, 2007, 2008. So that to me was like the pinnacle. I'm sure nowadays, like almost 20 years later, Madden is even better or crazier, or maybe it's too complex, but it's Michael garbage. Vick was unstoppable in that game. He, you, like every snap you could take and run it into the end zone. It was unbelievable. So I also think that was the prime for Madden, create a team, create a stadium. I remember I created the Portland Baycats. Hmm. Chris, is that an any... animal? Is it not? Uh, actually, I looked it up and it is. Yeah. It still is. I think by chance you got it. Yeah. Right. It was a new feature in 04 to include the new owner mode where you could control a franchise it was new in 2004. Yeah. Chris, you were a big... Um... You still are a big create your own team, create your own team. Do you yeah, Madden's, any years? I stopped by Madden's just garbage now because they the NFL just licenses everything and they restrict everything. Yeah. That was like right before, I think in like 07 is when they cracked down and limited all that stuff, like what logos you could choose and all that. But Vic, yeah, I just you would take a snap, run all the way backwards, and then you could just like juke everyone out and still score a touchdown. Yeah. Incredible. And I think truck stick might have been that might have been the first year of the truck stick or something like that, too. Yeah. Or QB Vision. I can't remember, but there was a lot of stuff going on. Great time to be a sports video game fan. Like that, those early to mid 2000s, maybe the best games of all time. 
Um, so that's that pick. And then my only other sports game on this list, and Chris alluded to it. So I'm going to steal it right out from under your feet. Backyard baseball. Son of a bitch. That was and my pick. It's better than MVP baseball, in my opinion. Here it is. I After I picked MVP, I was like, shit, I left. I left it hanging out there. Who? Yeah. This is a very important question. Who is the best backyard baseball player? Character. Uh, I would say it's definitely, um, what's the word? The frauds out there will say it's Pablo Sanchez. Correct. They but, are frauds. But I'll give you a deep cut. Ahmed Khan. No, that's not the right answer. Yeah, he was guy cool. like Ahmed. What about Ahmed his brother Amir? No, Amir sucked. Amir Ahmed, wasn't as if, good. If you got a pitch high and tight, Ahmed was putting that thing over over the left field fence every single time. He's a dude with the headphones on, right? Ahmed. Yeah. Fun fact: yeah. If you had both of them on your team, Amir would get a stat boost because he was playing with his brother. Wow. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. The correct answer for the best like a player. wheelchair guy, right, Chris? <laughs> Kenny, I had Kenny Kawaguchi. But yeah, he Kenny Kawaguchi. Or he was your pitcher, I think. He had yeah, he dirty, would throw like, slow balls. Ball. He wouldn't lose any stamina, balls, yeah. so you could just toss him in there. Pinpoint. He was like a Greg Maddox type. Yeah. But Pete Wheeler. Oh, Pete. Pete Wheeler. Oh, no. Five-tool athlete. Pure speed. He could hit. He Best center fielder in the game. Pete, the real ones know that Pete Wheeler blows Pablo Sanchez out of the water when it comes to five tool athlete. His head was so long and tall, though. I remember like he'd run the base. Didn't matter. He would run so like... fast, his head would tilt back. Yeah, that's what it was. John was John, a Dimitri who... Petrovich guy. I did like Dimitri. Keisha Phillips was also yeah, big slugger. Very <laughs> solid. <laughs> big <laughs> four spot. Keisha Phillips. <laughs> very good. She was like Mo Vaughn, but female. Yeah. Chris yeah. was a big Tony Del Vecchio guy, too, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, Tony right? Del Vecchio just – he was a good second baseman. A lot of uh, you know, pizzazz, I guess. I'm just going to I'm just gonna throw out some other names from that franchise. Jocinda Smith. That's fake. No. Huh? I don't no, remember her. What are you talking yeah. about? That's fake. Who's Jocinda Smith? This isn't a that quiz. Is not... I'm telling you who these people are. Yeah, that's Donald not Robinson. the black lady with the hair. Like a pear-shaped head, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, pear-shaped head. Yep. Andrew nailed it. How I about uh, my my personal favorite, Dante Robinson, short yeah. black kid with the afro. John was yeah. a big. I, you liked uh, Ricky Johnson too? Was that Ricky the guy's Henderson? Name? Ricky or no? no? Ricky Henderson's a real Ricky Johnson. Player. <laughs> I don't Dimitri know. Dimitri Petrovich, Angela Del Vecchio had that real thick Brooklyn accent. Yeah, Marky Dubois. Who? Oh yeah. Marky Dubois, the hillbilly guy with the suspenders. Oh, yeah. Frog in his pocket, I think, or something. I forgot about him. Very good. Stephanie Morgan. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Stephanie Morgan was a sleeper. She was actually really good. Like a center Long fielder or something. Was. She yeah. was like balanced all over the place. Um, Ernie yeah. Steele. Ernie, Ernie Steele. He looked like, yeah. He looked like, um. what's the guy from Recess? You know the character I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. The black guy from Recess? He had like the flat top. Yeah, he was like tall. No, you're thinking about hey Arnold. No, I'm not thinking of Gerald. Right. Tony Delvecchio, Vicky Kawaguchi. A lot of siblings here. Uh, yeah. Ernie Steele. Yep. Gretchen Steel Hasselhoff. Gretchen Hasselhoff. Whoa, I forgot her. Chris, you were thinking of Ricky <laughs> Johnson, by the way. Ricky, Ricky Johnson. Johnson. That's what his name is. How about this one? Henry. 
Sally Dobbs. She was a regular on my roster. Sally Dobbs, yeah. Yep. Apparently they had Maria, her Dobbs Maria Luna. She was the ballerina? Yep. Yep. Luann Lou. I don't remember. She had that. the teddy bear. Reese Worthington? Yeah. Mikey Thomas? Big, he was, he was the catcher. Lefty. Yeah. Annie Frazier. Billy Jean Blackwood. I, can't, I don't even remember who that is. <laughs> you got to play this game again. I, I hope it. they made a new one. The best thing they did about backyard baseball, though, I think the first one, I, I'm going to say 97 or 98. I could be wrong about when this came out. Actually, probably. It's probably before that. But the first one didn't have MLB stars that you could choose. And then, like, the it second don't. or third one, then they added a couple or at least a major Griffey. player from every team or Coolest. something. Most it, teams, yeah. It literally changed it changed my life forever for the better. Yeah. It was 01 because Ripken was in it. It was his last year. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, and everyone knows Parks it, Department number two field cheating. Too small. Anybody could hit a home run out of there. Yeah, I love that game. That was a great pick. Play that. And right. and if you guys uh when you create a team in that, what was your logo? Or what was your team name? I bet I could tell you yours. I was the humongous melon heads. I don't remember. John was the wombats. I think. Mighty, like wombats, the mighty wombats. I think. Yeah. The, the mighty Andrew, wombats. Andrew, I don't know what yours was. I don't remember what the team options were. There's the melon heads, the wombats. Honestly, there's only two I remember. Yeah, just all around great. You pick your colors. Yeah, melon head, wombats, hornets, rockets, socks, monsters, bombers, all stars. I think I was the bombers probably. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, bombers, all stars, giants, fishes, fly traps, armadillos. I mean, there's a million on here, but and I will say nothing more disappointing in a video game than when you have the aluminum bat and you swing and miss. Yeah, crushing yeah. ping and sound it makes when you hit it automatic home run. All right, John, your turn. Okay, so on my I've got a Pokemon game, I've got a computer game in a well rounded. Um, you know, sort of pick here. I'm going to go a sports game. I'm going NBA Live 2000. And here's also, the best version of that game. The best version. One, I enjoy basketball games. And I think the general population does too. The, the popularization of basketball games right now is pretty high. The popularity, I should say. That's a word. NBA Live great soundtrack maybe one of the best soundtracks ever little bow wow i think was on it um and others that are not yeah. coming to mind but great soundtrack hip-hop also, yeah it had like biz marquee and like the yeah i forget this song throw the bacon off Just the glass great. in all-star fashion whatever that's yeah <laughs> yeah uh the features of that game one, you could take on NBA legendary NBA players. You could play one on one or five on five, and if you beat them, you could add them to your rosters. You could play with Michael Jordan one on one in a street court duel, or you could play him on a Legends team. Michael Jordan, not very uh, common in video games ever. Yeah. Rarely licensed. Yeah, it's also one of the games you could download. You could upload a photo of your face and horribly make it look like you yeah, in the video just game. like plaster it on the yeah 
that game that game was cool too because even just the home screen was like your guy he was just like standing there and you could like dribble around as in um i feel like or something like that like i remember your player or a player being on the screen yeah. and and doing stuff as you were like going through the the menu was that the first game where the joystick was the dribble moves it might have been yeah like crossover and like the spin yeah i just remember doing the like the hesitation crossover you oh, just yeah, keep yeah. doing it till somebody would like fall yeah. over great and then you just sprint to the hoop yeah St- big stromal swift era and jonathan eight. bender for you there yeah John him and nikolai shkivishvili just rim protector <laughs> yeah seven foot i think he flamed out of the nba in like a year i think Andrew, i think what you were saying too is you could during the loading screen as you were going into the game you would just be shooting around with your guy yeah it was like a freestyle yeah. you could just like it was an empty court and you were just like Yep. shooting around or whatever great game. yeah also uh so i just looked up the soundtrack for that game there's only five songs apparently <laughs> well they're long then <laughs> i know one of them is hip-hop parade by naughty by nature one of them is george clinton uh is the band i guess and the, the song is mothership connection rozelle all i know uh, yeah all i know Oh, yeah. Rozelle and the NBA Live Orchestra was shaking the floor. Yeah. And then Run DMC, Don't Stop. Oh, yeah. Don't Stop Now. That <laughs> All I Know song, the best <laughs> video game song of all time. Right? Just like, yeah. oh. ever, ever, all I know. Yeah, wow. So, members. anyways, NBA Live 2000 was my number three pick. Great pick. Great pick. Great Tim pick. Duncan on the cover. So, all right. I feel like I'm losing this draft now. So <laughs> I'm going to take a game. I'm going to play to the crowd a little bit here. I think there's there are very few games that I think everybody has played. This is one of those games. It's a computer oh. game. Don't even say it. Oregon Trail. Oh, great game. The ultimate thought- in-school game. You could play it in school. It was quote-unquote educational. So if you finish your work early or you're in computer class, whatever, Everybody's going on the Oregon Trail. It's a big part of games for me is I like that when they're replayable, you don't get bored with them. And even though it's such a simple concept, there's a thousand, you know, infinite outcomes of Oregon Trail. Some people like to take their time. Some people just load up on the oxen and see how fast they can go. So, you know, everybody loves hunting for way more meat than they can carry. If you don't cock the wagon and float, you're a coward. So Oregon Trail, the original. (laughs) We have all, this may be the uniting principle of all peoples, is that we have all died of dysentery on the Oregon Trail at least once. <laughs> I I will say there's been many a night where I have been sitting on the toilet thinking to myself, I may die of dysentery. <laughs> so I, I just feel like the, the pain of I was, that. I was trying to think, Oregon Trail may be one of the rare things that is universally liked by every like there's nobody that doesn't like Oregon Trail yeah and it was educational I mean that that was like the genesis for that game was to teach children about the Oregon Trail and how hard it was to to make it to the end so you know you had fur trading you've got mining all the harsh environments you've got um didn't wouldn't you fight with the Native Americans too Maybe in the older version. I don't know if that's P- PC anymore. Wasn't farming it on it too? 
I don't remember. I you like grew crops I remember hunting. Like you did winter wheat, or you like plant winter wheat or corn. Maybe I just Great. remember that if somebody you actually remember it, you playing the, the game, to, Chris. Yeah, I I don't think farming was maybe the later versions. The original version was like you went, you bought oxen and like supplies. You got to choose like, hey, these are the people that want to go. You pick like a doctor and like a wife or something, and then. You'd be hauling ass across the country. Somebody would get sick. And there was always the option to like slow down and let them recover or just press on. Always press on. They would die. And then by the time you get to the end, like maybe you had one person left. Good news. Oregon Trail is back on Steam, whatever that is. I think that's like a online download games thing. It's also um, made it in like a 32-bit version. If you have a couple things, if you have Apple Arcade, which may or may not come free with your Verizon um, subscription, Oregon Trail is available in Apple Arcade to download. It's a little bit souped up, better version that I may or may not have downloaded and played before. And number two, it's also a card game. Interesting. I didn't know that. Do you guys remember we got the cereal boxes that had like the Amazon version of Oregon Trail? And there were a bunch of like spinoffs. I know. Well, anyway, <clears throat> moving on to my last pick. This this pick is just for me. This is a really good game. This is the only game I've ever been like, I think I would safe to say addicted to. And it's Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a newer game. It came out like three or four years ago. It's you're like a Western character. It's it's an open world game. It's the the most immersive open world game I've ever seen in my life, where you can just spend hours wandering in the woods. You can hunt animals. You can find like little stuff, little treasures. It's just an incredible, incredible game. So, I think it's considered one of the best open world games of all time. Probably not as many people have played it as these other games we're talking about, but Red Dead Redemption Two is just an incredible game. Another Rockstar Games uh, game. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, the same vein of I just have never, I've never played a game that realistic before. It's incredible. That's my last pick. John, yeah. you're up. So I feel like I cannot uh, have a team that doesn't include a game from the Mario franchise. And this is tangentially related to Mario franchise. I'm going Super Smash Brothers and 64. Wow. And here's why. I fucking dominate this game. And nothing feels better than when you are dominant at a video game. Everyone, <clears throat> whether they liked it or not, if you had the N64, you had Super Smash, you may or may not have been good at it. You had your character and you knew what you what your limitations were. My main character was Pikachu. I then became too good with Pikachu. So then I mastered Donkey Kong and I became too good with Donkey Kong. Smash is trash. Yeah. (laughs) is the epitome of a game where the people that are good show no mercy on the people that don't know what they're doing. (laughs) And it's only it's either the most fun you've ever had or the worst experience of your life where when you're with like good players, you it's you can't even see your character on the screen half the time. You're just getting volleyballed around 
and then you die. You're trying to figure out how to jump, and people are like lightning you with Pikachu from below. It's infuriating. I hate that game so much, and it's because <laughs> yeah. I'm dog shit. Like I miss the whole wave of. I remember John was playing a lot of Super Smash in high school, like before basketball games. I think at whose house? At a friend's house. Yeah, friend's house. Um, and I just had no interest. And to Chris's point, you're either terrible or you're an all-timer. And I have another friend, Sean, who hopefully is listening to this podcast, who's also phenomenal at Smash. And it's the same thing. I played with him and he's like, oh, it's you just double tap it. Just do this, like do that. And my guy's just floating off into oblivion every single time. It's the equivalent of the, the platform half the time. It's like when you're being tickled and you're laughing and it, you want them to stop and they don't because it's like that's the equivalent of playing Smash when you suck. You're just being tickled to death and they won't stop doing it. <laughs> then you puke. Because you can just toy with people. It's just... Oh, well, it's many Smash hours spent. Switch yet, John? Have you gotten all the characters? I, um, I, I, was, re- I was really uh, playing a lot of Super Smash or um, I forget what it's called. Ultimate Smash, I think is what it is for the Switch. Uh, but I have not played it in a few years. I was pretty good at it. Not as good as it was uh, more complicated, more characters, more things to do. The The good thing about Smash for N64 is just how simple it is to, I say simple, but there's, you know, two buttons and a jump. So you got to, there's only so many combinations you could do. So that's my thing. I'm, I'm actually surprised you didn't go um, a Sonic. You didn't throw a Sonic in there. I know I did. I had it on the list. I had a lot on the list. I know four is almost like too hard to narrow yeah. it to, and I feel like I screwed up by doing two sports games. But, um, yeah, I think that's a solid pick. Smash is popular. Yeah, it I think would be up there. I will say, the best version or best Super Smash Brothers inspired game I ever played was the TMNT version that came out after the 07 movie happened, and you could play Smash with all the characters from that movie and only those characters it was awesome and that was for the wii wii smash was wild all right well so i've got the last uh, last one here this was uh this was tough because i'll tell you what i'm torn in between i'm not gonna choose nhl 98 but that i'm surprised that's wasn't mentioned because that was a game that we played a whole lot of with Brainy. Uh, so that's on the list. Red Faction. Mm. Great game. Obscure, great. but great. Uh, very obscure because that was during the time when Halo... Is Halo on PlayStation now or is it still only Xbox? It's Just still Xbox. only Xbox. Okay. Well, at the time, um, that was like their answer to Halo, I think, or somebody's answer to Halo, and it did not pan out at all, but we played a lot of it. Really, it was a free Rally, game. It was a free game that came with the PlayStation when you bought it. PlayStation Two. Yeah. John, do you remember the other game that came with the PlayStation Two? At least the one we got. Need for Speed. No, it was uh, Twisted Metal Dark or mm-hmm. whatever the the latest version of Twisted Metal was. Yeah. Um, then I'm thinking Elder Scrolls. Also a great game. That was cool. Um, but I've got a few others too. I'm just going to run through real quick here. <laughs> do your pick and then we'll do honorable. I know. Mentions. Okay. 
<laughs> just like <laughs> rattled off every game we ever played. <laughs> All right. I'm going to add a Mario just because I feel like I have to. Do the right thing, Andrew. Yep. Super Mario World N64. I mean, I never played it, but I get the... I don't think we ever I played th- that uh-huh. game. I'm going to be able to pose or pick. No. Um, <laughs> one of my close friends in elementary school had an N64 when we had a PlayStation 1. And that was a game that he had, and I played it over there. And the reason it's on my list is that was the first open world game I ever played. And to me, I guess there's a couple of common themes in my picks, but one of them is the open world play because I hate just being boxed into you have to do this because you play the game once if there's just one yeah. storyline. So that one was cool because I'm pretty sure it was at least the first major open world game or most popular open world game for N64. Um, yeah, and I feel like I gotta go. I gotta have a Mario on there, so. That's my my fourth and final pick. Yes, right. and go ahead, Chris. What are you going to say? I was going to say let's go through honorable mentions. Yeah, let's. let's well, fire I them just off. want just one comment on the Super Mario at sixty four. This is going to blow your mind. You ready for this? So there are speed runs that video game enthusiasts do for Super Mario sixty four. It may or it, I don't know if it's speed for the game through or just some of the. Like there were, I'll call it like mini games where you had to race a penguin or things like that. And there's this clip, there's this video clip of someone doing the speed run in a competition. And there's a glitch in the game that happens where he basically like jumps through a platform or something. And people have analyzed that clip and what, how it could possibly have glitched. And they think it has something to do with like a solar beam hits the video game and causes this glitch to make it look it up. It is absurd, but there's a, it's like a one, one in a quadrillion chance that this glitch happens that he goes and makes it. Yeah. I specifically didn't do Mario party because I fucking hate that game as well. I know you guys play a lot of it. I love that game. And I know it's a crowd favorite, but I can't stand that game. And again, it's because I suck at all the mini games and therefore it's no fun to play because I come in last every time. I like that game because you can be good. You don't have to be good at everything. You can be good at some games and still win. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's like if you 15 can't, Mario Party games. Yeah, if you can't tap A and B fast. Yeah, you're fucked. You're in for a world of hurt. I showed Chris the slide method. Yeah, you got to go slide. Yeah, and then I beat I, you. The, I, the pupil became the master. Dominant. Yeah. Don't tell too many people about that slide method, John. It's, <laughs> it's a real deal. I just think the joystick spin. It, it like hurts my hand. That's slide right. method. Set world records. Anyways. Why don't we rapid fire honorable mentions? Yeah, go ahead, Andrew. You start. All right. Um, Team NT, Hyperstone Heist. My opinion, the best Team NT game. Um, Halo. We didn't own it, but it was good. Street Fighter for Sega. Street Fighter 2 mm. specifically. Um, Assassin's Creed. Uh, Fortnite. Modern game. Very popular. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's it, I think. Oh, um, not a good game, but do you remember for Sega, what was the Dolphin game that you would say as a Dolphin? Echo. Fucking infuriating. Just Earthworm. the sound of Echo hitting some coral reef. Yeah. Could never Echo get past bad. the first level. But what yeah. was good was Earthworm Jim, uh, Toe Jam and Earl. All those games for Sega were so good. Earthworm Jim, you couldn't, I can never beat the first boss. The garbage guy. I figured it out. Possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Uh, my honorable mentions. I'm surprised no one else took a Pokemon game. If I'm being honest, I mean you get the best. There's one. only one. And here's game why worth playing. Here's why. I I think Pokemon Silver and Gold may be better than the originals because they are, but less people played them. And the reason is because you would go through the entire second world, Gen Two. You'd beat the game, and you think you're done. But then they literally put the entire first game. You go back to the original world to replay the first game. And no one knew that until you got to it where you thought you were beat the game. You were only halfway done. Amazing. See, I would argue, in my opinion, the most popular or the best Pokemon game was Pokemon Go. Because everybody played that game. Like grandmas, preteens, John and Chris, me. (laughs) I played it for like a week. It wasn't what, in theory, it sounds way cooler than in actuality. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, it was revolutionary, like the whole VR aspect of it, and you get out in the real world. That part's cool, but like, yeah, it, it didn't fulfill my fantasy of what I thought yeah. Pokemon would be. If they It was were. more just capture. Yeah, yeah. I'm with yeah. you on that. But that uh, there's just to rattle off uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Just surprised why you mentioned Call of Duty. Is that the Nazi Call zombie game? Yeah. No, the uh, Nazi Zombies no, was modern, modern Warfare. warfare. No, that was it was the, warfare. whatever the other one is. I, I can't remember. I'll throw my head. Uh, Boulder's Gate, Dark Alliance. Yeah. A World of Warcraft sort of spinoff. Uh, Andrew said Elder Scrolls, but I'll, I would argue Skyrim is better, which is part of the series, but just the better one, the newer one. Um, GTA Vice City, and that's all I had. I mean, I had more on here, but. Yeah, you guys got most of them. I'll throw in just a NASCAR 2000. Great. Spent a lot of hours on that game. Driving around as Joni Machek and Chad Whittle. Remember um, um, the awful racing game, Gran Turismo, where you'd start out oh, with like yeah. a minivan and you have to work your way up to like buy a nice vehicle? Fucking hated that game. That game's still going on. It's like super realistic racing. Well, now it's probably cool, but back then it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about Road Rash? I don't know Road if Rash. I ever actually played Road Rash. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yeah, a lot of my best were pulling more from like the Sega PS1 phase because I I never owned anything besides the PS2. Besides, do you guys remember stuff. Mutant Hockey for for Sega? Yeah, I do. You fall through the ice, you were like dead people. You're like zombies, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that was our reptile draft. So, back to the episode where we left April. She was on the um, matter transmitter, transformer. What's it called again? The matter transporter. Transporter. Uh, With the cat, she gets zapped with the cat on the platform, drops to her knees, notices that she's got some claws coming out. She's like, oh, what's going on? So, she rushes back to her apartment and is followed by a bunch of cats. And Irma, who... Apparently lives across the hall now or something. Spots April trying to get into her apartment. Says, hey, you can't have cats in here. Landlord doesn't allow that. You know, let me let me get you in here, help you out. So they go into April's apartment. April's kind of getting settled. And Irma says, hey, let me get these cats some milk. She puts the bowl on the ground and then um, kind of leaves the apartment. And as soon as she's through the door, April jumps on the ground and starts lapping up this milk or cream or whatever from the bowl as though she is an actual cat. So yeah, things aren't got, going well for April. 
cat artwork on the walls. Yeah. She's got tiger print pillows now. Yeah. I was going to ask so. you, John, were you jealous of those cat um, cat prints, silhouettes? Yeah, those couch? are kind of nice. Yeah. A lot of orange, uh, I am jealous of them. Yeah. A lot of orange in her apartment. I don't know if I'm big, uh, big orange fan, but yeah, she's turning into a cat. If anyone hasn't picked up on that, she has been transmutated into a cat. Correct. So while this is going on in April's apartment, the turtles finally roll up to Woo's. Um, you know, they were telling April they're in their private eye disguises. So we get a little back and forth that some of the turtles are sick of wearing these private eye disguises. Um, and I forget who says it, but they say oh, our poodle, what is it? Poodle trainer costumes are in the dry cleaner or something. Yeah. So a little back and forth there, but they walk in just as April had, they walk into Woo's um, and immediately they're confronted by the patrons there and a fight breaks out. So we get our second fight scene here. And John, how does this fight scene go? Um, it goes well. I don't know if we see a lot of it. There's a fight scene, but I feel like they start fighting and then next thing you know, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Very clearly you don't recall Nailed exactly, it. which is fine. It is a quick fight yeah. scene. There's some food tossed around that gets sliced and diced and thrown yeah, in a couple yeah. people's faces. Sumo wrestler. There's a lot of yeah. Chinese food slander going on in this episode. I, I had in my notes. Like yeah. they say this Chinese restaurant has terrible food. I think they say it a couple more times maybe in this here, but something about lo mein and how it's not good. It was yeah. Just... yeah, and like everything smells. It's very honestly, it's just like insulting and at yeah. times racist. <laughs> but <laughs> that's I mean that's the culture at the time. This is you know, 30 years ago at this point. Yeah, we're just breaking it down. We didn't write it. We're just breaking it down. Yeah, not that that makes it okay either. It seems kind of, you know, lazy uh, stereotyping, unfortunately. Kind of like the punks. That's the other thing I noticed. Everything that's bad, they just like add a punk to it. Like cyberpunks, the punks, punk frogs. Um, So just, I think they're playing heavy-handedly into the stereotypes in the... Yeah, they do throw some cabbage. They, the, these... I don't know, restaurant. These patrons throw cabbage at Rav. They stick on the end of his size. He then throws them back. It hits him in the head. Yeah, I think he calls them cabbage heads as he throws their stuff at him. But so the April or the the turtles are are taking care of business down at Woo's. And we go back to Channel 6 now. And April's at work. She's in what I I guess I'd describe as like the dressing room or her prep room with Irma. And this cat transformation is just full on taking her over at this point. She's talking at times with a cat dialect, I guess you would call it. She's, she's meowing and I think she's purred at one point, but um, things aren't going well. So she tells Irma what happened and how it happened. And she says, I need to go back to this warehouse to reverse this so I can turn back into a human again. And Irma you know, in April's best interest is trying to keep her contained so she can help her out. But April jumps out of the window, climbs down the side of the building with her cat-like reflexes and takes off supposedly back to the warehouse is what we're off to assume. Mm-hmm. While Irma's trying to figure out what to do, do I call the cops? Do I call a vet? Do I call pet control? She sees April's shell communicator 
lying on the table of the dressing room. So she picks it up and she calls the turtles. The turtles, after just having defeated everybody, it was apparently they fought the entire building because there's nobody left there. And there's a little confusion here because Leo answers. I don't know if you guys caught this. Leo answers the phone and then says he's Donnie or no. (laughs) Leo answers it, but then Raph is on the screen. It's very confusing what's going on. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So I think Leo Leo answers, and then we go to Irma's scene, and it's she's like, Who is this? And he says, It's Raph, and it's him on the screen. And then it cuts back, but Leo's talking into the phone. (laughs) No. No, I think you're right in the first bit. It was Leo who answers, but it shows Raph. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just it was an animation error. They should have put Leo on the screen, but it was Raph. Whatever, we gotta we gotta who's on <laughs> going on. <laughs> I was just in my head, I was because I also wanted to point out that it's crazy that she calls them, they pick up and she and they're like, Who is this? And she's like, Well, who are you? Yeah. And they answer instead of just saying, Well, you called us. Like, right. That was I was thinking back to our um best worst phone salutations. Um, and that, and, um, I don't think I, we might've talked about it at some point, but when like the, the script gets flipped on you and all of a sudden the person calling you like, <laughs> isn't talking, you know what I mean? Like they, it's, it was funny, but, um, at the end of the day, I don't understand why the turtles are just okay with Irma just basically being like, wait, who are you? Tell me all about like your situation to, to start things off. You know what I mean? Yeah, not yeah. not the I best sh- uh, not the best hero work right there. I should have just read my, my note said Leo answers, but Irma's <laughs> screen shows Raph saying he's Leo. Yeah, I, I got jumbled. <laughs> so I was trying to sleep for that. But anyway, so Irma gets gets through the turtles and basically says, "Listen, if you, I think she says, if you care about April at all, you'll meet me at this subway stop immediately." So they agree and. They head off to to make that rendezvous. Meanwhile, April has made it back to the warehouse and is in kind of looking at the control panel, trying to figure out what buttons this cat pushed to figure out how to transform herself back. And in stroll, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder with the old, hey, I think somebody's in here gag. Um, She immediately bum rushes Bebop and Rocksteady, kind of knocks them over. And then Shredder just coincidentally has a cage strapped to the ceiling that he drops on top of April, her Catwoman, and um, locks her up. So, while she's in there, and this is a very important plot point, John, since you're giggling, <laughs> what what did Bebop and Rocksteady try and feed to April while a she's rat. locked up in this cage? Okay. Some would say it was a mouse. Maybe it's a rat. <laughs> a rodent of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Very nonchalantly but, answered that. But what's funny though, but um, the build up to that, I think what does Shredder say? He's he's like, oh, she's out of control. Let's get her some food so she calms down. Like that was yeah. the essentially the theory going into. She's hangry. Yeah, she's hangry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if you have a hysterical woman, just toss her some food. It's like the <laughs> old man Shredder. Um, so they, they try and fear this mouse. It bites their finger and kind of scampers off. 
Um, and then we cut to Irma meeting the turtles at a subway stop. The turtles, the least or the most, I guess, suspicious they could be. They're in their private eye disguises, but they're all just standing facing a newsstand, I guess it is. Um, Looking fucking thick as shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the artwork around the turtles wearing the trench coats is so bad because it like hug. It's like an elastic back, and their their yeah. back yeah. looks like they're a hunch, like truly really a hunchback. Um, yeah, just a bunch yeah. of fucking fat schlubs reading the news. <laughs> so they um, Irma meets them there. They kind of turn around, and she's like, "Oh my god, you are turtles!" And they all kind of calm her down, and decide to head back to April's apartment to kind of get some evidence, check out the photos that she took because she told her she took photos of the warehouse. So they're kind of thinking, all right, if we can go back to her apartment, we'll get these photos. That'll tell us where Shredder's hideout is. And then we can go find April there because that's where she ran off to. So they head off to do that. Meanwhile, Shredder is back in his lair. He's got April in the cage (laughs) <laughs> what are you laughing at? Yeah. I'm just thinking about the the poll question that we got coming up later. Oh. <laughs> the whole time. So Shredder's back in his lair. He's got April in the cage. And Bebop and Rocksteady place a control collar around her neck. Mind and control. Basically, Mind control collar, right? Yeah. What Shredder says is this collar will force April to obey my commands. And this is very important, John. What is he? What's the caveat to this thing? He says it'll force force her to obey me even after what? I, I don't remember. <laughs> Deer in headlights. I actually don't remember either. I don't remember. All right. So this is very, I don't know if you guys probably didn't catch this. He <laughs> says this will force her to obey my commands even after the mutation effects have worn off. Oh, I yeah. yeah. So, I have, so he I have. knows that this is temporary, that she doesn't really have to reverse it. It's just going to wear off. This collar is going to keep her under his control even when that happens. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for a question that I had later in the episode. Yeah. yeah. So I, ha- I had that in my notes. Why was April's transmutation temporary, but Baxter's not? Right, because Baxter was also transmutated because he was put in the vaporizer, but it the fly was in there at the same time, and so he got transmutated. Different machine, so maybe that's why. Um, it wasn't a matter transporter, it was just a vaporizer. But they both were transmutated, and only April's was temporary. So that kind of threw me for one. Um, but also, how does Shredder know that? That I don't know. Because to me, this seemed like a mess up, like a one in a million chance. But he somehow knows. So plot hole, maybe. But the mind control collar, also just convenient that they have it lying around in their hideout. Yeah, yeah. just for an opportunity like this. And why haven't they and used for that something before? called the matter transmitter? Like it was originally described as just a machine that teleports things. Yeah. And then there's this hidden setting that apparently just morphs you with whatever else is on there. So he puts they put this collar around her neck, and then he kind of tips his hand on what his plan is. He says, you know, maybe this cat can find me a rat. It's paraphrasing. This aren't his exact words, but basically, <laughs> he's going to use her cat-like yeah, abilities. But, what are you, Doctor Seuss over there? <laughs> uh, he's going to use he's going to use her to get him Splinter, which is funny because he he shifts focus from Splinter to the turtles. 
So now his plan is to go find Splinter with her. Which yeah, he should be after Splinter in general because that he's his arch nemesis. Like he's we've kind of forgotten about the Splinter plot for a while. So I'm glad yeah. it's it's coming back full circle here. So this brings us into our second and final turtle tech of the episode. John guessed the year last time. This will be for Andrew to guess the year. Andrew, when was the first e-collar, which is a pet control collar, electronic collar, used? I'll take, there's not an exact year. Give me the decade. Wait, we're saying e-collar because e-collar in the biz. We refer to that as the cone after your dog gets neutered or spayed that they wear. That's okay, so I'm not talking about that. Okay, you're talking, <laughs> talking about, about like a, yeah, like the, a the shock collar yeah. or the like. Yeah. Something to control your pet. Jeez, because this play any more into Andrew's fucking forte right now? Give me like early this decade, late this decade. That's why we'll do it. No, I'm giving you a year, Chris, all right? I don't have the year. No, you don't have a year. Okay. That's fine. I do, I do have a year for when... But this is when it was first used, not first, like, the first. first. Yeah. They're close, yeah. though, if that helps. So, like, the first prototype is what we're going with. Yeah. When were they yeah. used? Ooh. What's crazy here is there may be a time where there was an electric collar that wasn't wireless. That's kind of what I'm struggling with right here. Yeah, this, the one I'm, what I researched is a wireless. Okay. Collar. Wireless. So when did stuff start to go wireless? Like in the eighties, maybe. There was a car alarm from the early nineteen hundreds. Oh, yeah, pretty walkie talkies are like from the thirties. Yeah, walkie talkies, feedy heedies. Oh yeah, I'm thinking. Don't stupid cat. I'm thinking. I meant rechargeable. <laughs> uh, be turned into a cat. All right, I'm going early sixties. I'm gonna go before that. Andrew is correct. The 1960s, what I looked up said late 60s. So, John, even if you had said later, I probably would have given it to Andrew. Uh, First used in the late 1960s. Andrew, for a bonus, what were these first callers used for? I'm going to say on children. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) That is incorrect. John, do you have a guess? I was going to yeah, I was going to make a joke about it too, but um for it was used on lab rats for mice hunting cheese. No. The correct answer it was used for training hunting dogs. So, dog would get too far away, car would shock it to come back or give it a give it a buzz. <clears throat> so, Andrew gets the point, nobody gets the bonus point. John, John wins. with one and a half points, is the winner of this episode of Turtle Tech. Congratulations, Sean. Thank you. Now, maybe if you put <laughs> as much effort into remembering the episode details. Chris, that's you. You were the details. Yeah, but John, these are key plot points. I'm trying to involve you guys a little more. All right. I appreciate so, that. <clears throat> Back to the episode. I didn't realize there was going to be a quiz, though. Well, keep you on your toes. April has been collared. Shredder releases her, and 
instantly she goes back to the zoo, the old honey hole, and opens up the tiger pen and gets a tiger to join her in finding Splinter, supposedly. So this tiger then turns up at April's apartment, cornering the turtles in the back alley as they try and get into April's apartment. So what do they do? John, redeem yourself. Who steps forward? Donatello. Correct. With a trash can shield and a bow staff. Yeah. And I have a great reference right here that you guys may not remember. This 100%. So he picks up the trash can lid, takes his bow staff, and he just starts pursuing the tiger and banging on it. Do you remember the song Banging on a Trash Can by Doug Funny? Yep, the beats. Yeah. Yeah, the beats. How could I forget, oh, Andrew? Yeah, that was the beats. Yeah. Uh, maybe the best, maybe one of the best uh, cartoon songs of all time. Is it better than Sugar Cereal? The Killer cool. Tofu, whatever that song was called? Uh, Killer Tofu was the best one. Yeah. Ooh, you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I don't know if there was more to that, Andrew, but thank you for the reference. Yeah. No, I just like Donnie has in several recent episodes taken a f- more of a forward role in the turtles i feel like he um like with the knucklehead we talked about earlier he's the first one to leap into action there he's been doing the inventions now he steps up to sacrifice himself while the other turtles scurry up the fire escape to april's apartment but yeah this was a badass move was, there's no other way to say yeah but he comes up short yeah so he he steps forward he's got the you know trash can shield he's got a stick he kind of rattles it off while the, they scamper up. He gets bundled by this thing and knocked on his back. And just as it is about to pounce on him, John, your best friend, Michelangelo, saves him, picks him up right at the last second. They get up onto the fire escape, climb in through the window to April's apartment, and find out that Irma had a key and just took the stairs. So a little Quite humor funny. there. They leave this tiger outside to just maul people, apparently. But... They get into April's apartment and uh, where are we? So they go, she's already basically, it seems like she's been in there for a while because she's already gone through all of April's notes and shows them the photos, which locate Shredder's warehouse. And they're able to piece together, hey, this is the warehouse that was down the uh, the street from Wu's Chinese place, apparently. I don't know how they knew that, but they figured it out. Yeah, so they basically they start piecing together the puzzles, and I think Donnie even says, like Splinter, Donnie somehow knew that it was a matter transporter, but he, he calls it a molecular transporter. I don't know if you guys caught that. Ooh, I um, but they 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 start piecing it together to figure out. Oh, April must have got mutated with a cat. This is where this this all happens, right? Yeah, I think they, she had photos of the, of the cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe, yeah, every photo was just like, it was like a photo shoot of the cat. That was yeah. <laughs> so, also, who they, developed these photos? That's a good point. Maybe they're the immediate from back in the day. The Two hour photos. Yeah, maybe. And I think she had a camcorder. Not, oh, I'm just confused. I remember she had a camera because she took it out when she was stepping on the platform. Yeah. But either way, they figure out what happened to April. They're able to piece it together. And we go back to Splinter who's now, he's just tapping his cane on the wall, and he's like, oh, this is all fixed. 
So he's repaired the damage from the scuffle with Bebop and Rocksteady. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. Where are the turtles, actually? I haven't thought about them <laughs> since I've been starting these repairs. I'm a little curious. And as he's thinking about that, in wanders a cat. So the shadow on the wall kind of scares him. He shoes it off and he says, that's the only creature he truly fears. It's a cat. See, I think, I think, um, I thought this was the scene where he's meditating and, and like in his meditation, he's like, I need to rid my mind from fear of cats. That's coming he, up. And then in walks the cat, I thought. No, no, different scene, but that is coming up. Oh. So this, he's oh, just yeah. tapping the wall. He's like, all right, this is all done. It still looks like garbage, but he supposedly <clears throat> did the repairs by hand. So April, we go to April. She's wandering the streets. She's got the tiger right next to her. And she kind of like, I don't know if Shredder's just watching her, but basically Shredder's looking at her walking and she says in her cat-like way, I'm off to destroy Splinter. And we cut to Shredder. He's got Crane on standby on the Crane communicator, just propped up with a little kickstand behind him. And they're kind of watching what's happening with April. And Crane is, he actually praises Shredder, which we don't get every episode. So he says, hey, maybe, you know, you're not, too big of an idiot. Um, <laughs> he says, listen, I'm going to send you, you know, Shredder gives him a little grief for screwing up or having the, the transmitter, I guess, screw up unpredictably. And Crank says, listen, I'll send you instructions on how to fix this thing. Um, so you know what you're doing. You can, you can repair it because apparently it's broken or malfunctioning. Yeah. And says, go ahead, Andrew. No, you got no. it. I was just going to say the other thing he mentions is that if Shredder happens to fail again, he will send the Technodrome through the portal from Dimension X to save. Which is big stakes for Shredder. It's also big for Crane because he's just been chilling back in Dimension X this entire season. He has not been back. Because if you recall, I think it was the last episode of season one is when they shoot the Technodrome out um, back to Dimension X through the portal. And so Crane now is foreshadowing because the next episode is the return of the Technodrome. Um, so that could be bad news. Bad news. I didn't actually think, I just in my head when I was watching the episode, when I heard that, I just assumed that Crane was staying in Dimension X and the Technodrome was going back to Shredder. But I guess Crane, Crane has no house. So he kind of yeah. has to go, has to go with it. It's a good catch. I didn't catch that. So now we go to the scene Andrew was thinking about earlier. So we go back to Splinter. He's meditating to clear his mind of his fear of cats. So he's basically, he saw that cat. He's like, I got to get this shit under control because <laughs> I can't go around being, I actually have a friend who's terrified of house cats and has to keep at least two doors closed between him and any cat. So it's a real thing for people out there, but he's meditating He's trying to clear his mind. And then the tiger and April barge in to his meditation room and disrupt his, his meditating. His Zen. Yeah. Yeah. His little Zen. So he's, he's kind of getting back down. The tiger's coming at, he's kind of waving it away with a stick. He's basically just trying to like save himself. And he phones the turtles on his communicator. Cause he needs help. Um, they're looking for just April in cat form out in the city. So they find this orange cat you know, the cat from the control panel as Splinter calls them 
and he basically just gives him a I need help and then it cuts out. So Splinter because he's usually alone in the sewer like in most of the scenes in the in the series so far he's always describing what he's about to do or what he just did like to obviously it's to get the audience like up to speed and and be able to hear something and not just see it but i just thought it was funny and i wrote that note because this particular scene in the layer like he's talking about why he's meditating to rid his mind of fear from the cats and then they show up and he's talking about every step he's going to take so mm-hmm. splinter while he's had some heroic moments this looked very weak very very weak john anything to add i yeah i agree it's kind of like he's <laughs> meditating he's meditating to get rid of his fear and then his worst fear shows up like what a mind fuck yeah, the shit luck that's yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fucked so <clears throat> this part was funny to me too so he's he's kind of getting back down by this tiger and he says like out loud he's like shredder must be behind this somehow everything that goes wrong in splinter's life he's like fucking trend every he's behind everything so he's trying to figure out what how did how is shredder behind this and conveniently april just spills the beans and explains, you know, that she's under Shredder's control and she starts closing in on him. And he goes, this is the classic good guy trying to stop a corrupted good guy move where he's like, hey, remember that you're not evil. He's trying to talk her out of this control that she's under. And I'm pretty sure he says friend. I am your friend like three or four times too. Yeah. So you're not, it, it's like, it, it's not, you it's me thing and by the way me i'm your friend yeah so right as things look grimmest for splinter in burst the turtles and they remind april april you're not bad we're your friends and it works she starts to soften and understand she's like oh you are my friends and splinter you're my friend too and then she gets a little zap from her collar and snaps back into kill mode. And John, who saves Splinter from certain defeat? I want to say it's... Well, this is actually quite confusing because I, I remember this animation error here. Leo goes to charge <clears throat> and save April. But it is actually Raphael that is carrying damn it who is it donnie yeah donnie is holding leo's sword yeah and he just throws the sword at her neck to cut off the collar (laughs) yeah impressive so john caught that it was a trick which i was trying to trap him on still got it wrong but i mean who andrew who do we want to give this to donnie i mean donnie's been just a badass this whole episode yeah he has but i will say like leo using the point of his katana to just like graze right next to April's jugular to then ping that uh, collar off. That's a heroic move. So while Leo is my least favorite turtle, he definitely saves the day here. So April snaps back to her senses as soon as the collar is off. And then Mikey, quick thinking Mikey, we got this tiger we still got to deal with, has like a fake wind-up mouse 
in his pocket or wherever in his shell, wherever they keep stuff. And he just winds it up, lets it go on the floor, and the tiger chases it right back into a cage. And they say, hey, this will be a good spot to keep this thing until we can call the zoo to come pick it up. So we cut back to Shredder. He's in his lair, realizing that he's lost control of April now. And things aren't going well. He's not happy about that. So we get a recurrence of this mouse or rat that they had previously tried to feed April. Bebop kind of holds it up and he's like, well, if April's gone, what are we going to do with this thing? And of course it bites his finger again, drops down onto the ground and runs into the matter transporter. So in an effort to correct the mistake of the mouse getting down, Rocksteady rushes up to the machine trying to kill it. And he just hammers down onto the platform of this matter transmitter. And what happens with that, Andrew? Kaboom. Kaboom is right. So apparently this thing is just a bundle of dynamite waiting to explode. It starts to smoke. They all sprint out of the building just in time as the whole warehouse explodes, foiling yet again Shredder's great plans. And then we cut back to the sewer for our little wrap-up here. The turtles are eating a celebratory pizza. What kind of pizza is this, John? It is a no-cheese, all-sauce pepperoni pizza. Some might incorrectly think it's a prune pizza. Or it looks... Might, yeah, or whatever, Chris. <laughs> in the dim light of a sewer, a pepperoni slice can easily be confused for a prune. Yeah, no cheese, though. No cheese wild. No cheese Lost with pepperoni. Sauce. That's kind of wild. I don't yeah. even think people in Rhode Island do that. Do yeah, that pizza look gross. Yeah. Not good. So they're eating the celebratory pizza with April. They're all hamming it up. And in pops Irma. And Irma apparently has ditched Rex 1 from the previous episode. <laughs> and is now looking for some hot splinter tail. Because she doesn't know he's a rat yet. So she wanders in. She's, hey, is Splinter around? And he pops out. She sees that he's a rat and not this handsome guy. And it kind of chases her off. And she runs away. And that's how we end the episode. It's kind of crazy to me that she knows how to get to the turtle's lair. Because who would have told her that? Like, April's been hiding that she knows the turtles from her Mm -hmm. or trying to. And then for the first time... I mean, maybe they talked about it when they were at the train station, but a lot of people are finding the turtle's lair, and that's not a good thing. Which is ironic, because I think at one point in the episode, April says, like, this is the best-kept secret in the city, your sewer lair. And within this episode, like, six new people find out where it is. Yeah. Hmm. But, so the story, my takeaway from this episode was... Uh, it's not enough to just be friends. You must also have weapons to save to save your save your uh, reporter friend. Being friends doesn't matter; doesn't break the curse. Mm. Yes, it's true. So, unless anybody has anything else on the episode, we can move into John's favorite segment: turtleisms. Did you happen to get any for this episode, John? Uh, no, I did not. 
All right. Andrew, would you like to share <laughs> your turtleisms if you have them? Yeah, I'll, I'll run it run it by character. So Mikey we'll start with. I've got scarf a couple times. I just like that adjective or verb, whatever you want to call it, verb, I guess. Um tusk teeth. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, he said let's not... get it on. Tusk teeth. Yeah. He looked exactly me right though. in the eyes and said, let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to take that? <laughs> uh, I've got um, this Let's alliteration here. Furious, fun-filled, food, flinging, flight, or fight, I mean. Um, there was another one, too, I wrote down, but it didn't save with P, something pizza. Um, and then totally nutsoid was the other one I had for Mikey. Um, do you have any others, Chris? No, you had actually a couple that I didn't have. Raph, I had uh, wart breath and cabbage head. Yep, I had those. Donnie, I had. Oh, I had bozo too. I don't know if that counts. Oh, bozo. Somebody bozo. Donnie, this is um, John was talking about the Chinese food slander. Um, chicken lo mein was kind of like a pun because uh, the bad guys were being chickens. And then I put pussycat down here because it's so absurd to call a cat a pussycat in front of other people or at all <laughs> in your entire life, in my opinion. Um, Leo, I just had turtle time. They all shouted turtle power at one point. Bebop, I had uh, turtle mush and shellbacks. And then I also had one of the sumo people said uh, turtle stew. Yep. Different from turtle soup. So first turtle stew that we've heard, I think. That's all I have. What's the difference between a stew and a soup? This, this, uh, this is a good question. A stew, I believe, is you cook the meat in the liquid, right? Yep. Soup is not necessarily that way. Mm. That is correct. Wow. And that is it for turtleisms. We will now go to the segment delayed from earlier in the episode. If Andrew is ready for that. Pizza time. Pizza time. Andrew, what kind of pizza are you eating this week? Remind our listeners. All right. So I lost last week's Twitter poll, which was favorite spray hose nozzle. Spray so nozzle. I lost yeah. with mist. I lost with a valiant defensive mist, but couldn't <clears throat> pull it out of the hat. So when I spun, which was ironic because Chris last episode had everything pizza. When I spun the wheel, I had everything minus the green vegetables, which was from the mutant plant episode. So what I did was I went to dominoes.com in my haste and uh, I ordered there everything minus the green pepper. So on here is pepperoni, sausage, onion, mushroom, uh, and I added uh, black olive. So it actually looks pretty good. Domino's. Uh, I love some Domino's. Not gonna yeah. mm-hmm. What I'll say about Domino's, I don't think it's anyone's favorite pizza. But for a lot of people, it's probably the most eaten pizza, if you know what I mean. Like it's so convenient and it's so consistent that it's hard to be offensive to anyone. But. And like Domino's to me is kind of like McDonald's or fast food burgers yeah. where it's not a great burger, but it's, it's its own thing almost. It's yeah. like 
McDonald's. You know, Domino's is like, it's not great pizza, but it's Domino's. Yeah, I agree. So here we go. Let's take a bite. Score it up. Four turtles. Everyone knows the rules. (laughs) Damn. I could go for a little bite of pizza right now. Wow. And I threw it in just um, for the folks at home. I threw it in the microwave. So this got delivered probably like two hours ago, somewhere around there. Um, lukewarm, sitting on the stove. I threw it in for 30 seconds. This is the perfect, perfect wow. heat level right here. So does this look it. like microwave pizza? Well, yes. Yes, it does. That's that delivery <laughs> was faster. Yeah, it was fast. It was like a 15-minute you ordered it and it got there. That's how yeah. Domino's rolls. My delivery takes um, 45 minutes to an hour. That's the closest pizza place. So I'm going to go. Oh, this is tough because this is a really good pizza. It's got a little bit of everything. It doesn't have the green vegetables, though. So that's where it's going to get knocked. My other qualm with um, Domino's is if you do the two for $6.99 deal, they like it's a medium. I think it's their medium pizza, 12 inch. They go so sparse on the toppings. This is actually really, this is just a regular large um, deluxe that I modified and it is packed. So mm-hmm. kudos on that. Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to price it at $8. Would I do cheese at eight fifty or eight flat? Yeah, Andrew, because you eat cheese. I'm sorry, a pepperoni. I put pepperoni in Pepperoni nine. was a nine. Yeah. Say it won't say it forever. You eat cheese. I'm going to go $8.43, which slots it right behind Chris's everything, which included the green vegetables. That's how close. Which could have been higher, honestly, if I had a fresh slice. Yeah. But that's a respectable score. I can't knock that. And the reason I put it there is if pepperoni is a nine for me, like cheese, I think would be in like the 10, close to the 10 range. This is like a half step down from just straight up pepperoni. Cheese is a 10 for you? Just classic wood fired cheese pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if it's good quality cheese. Not a 10, but it's like a nine, high nine. So anyway, I I do like a lot of stuff on my pizza. Um, but not always, so that's why I kind of put it in that eight dollars and fifty cents ish range. All right, look for that on the big board on Instagram this week. Now we will figure out who is going to eat pizza for next week, or at least spin the wheel. So this week's or last week's Twitter poll. If you remember from last episode, what is the best Girl Scout cookie? We had Andrew choosing Samoa's, also Team known Samoas. as Carmel Delights. Ride or die, Team Samoa. I, with the second pick, chose Thin Mints. And John, literally just waved the white flag, chose Trefoils, a cookie I'd never even heard of. Trefoils? <laughs> Trefoils? And I think it's no surprise that John lost this week's poll with nary a vote in his favor. Andrew won the poll with 75% of the vote. I had 25%. Numbers aren't really important in terms of voter ship. There were only four votes. So Elon Musk is going Twitter polls. We're going to ride it out until the bitter end. But John, 
<laughs> you are spinning the pizza wheel for this week. Do you regret your your selection, John? No, and I in in my haste of trying to defend my pick, I forgot to mention it has the Girl Scout cookie logo. It is the logo of the Girl Scout cookies. John, there's you're, there's nobody out there that would vote for Trefoils, even if you put gold inside of it. I couldn't even tell you what the Girl Scout cookies logo looks I like. I agree. When you can't pronounce your That's cookie, why I knew you that I was going to lose. Yeah. John, you don't think you could have got one vote with a dosey dough? Chris, let's butter. recount the votes. Three of them were us. One was a rogue voter. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. I can't. You don't know who voted. It's anonymous. I do. <laughs> so I knew I was. I couldn't vote for myself, and I knew I was voting for Andrew. You weren't going to vote for yourself. You were voting for Andrew. Andrew couldn't vote for himself. He voted for you. What? Okay, I got nothing. I, let, me, let me tell you a little something about polling, okay? Usually, the first like 10% of the vote reflects what the end is going to be anyway. So even with four <laughs> votes, it was clear you were never going to get a vote. For that cookie. I would get a vote if it was a statistically valid simple. No. You you would you know what kind of vote? You wouldn't get a serious vote. You would get somebody saying, What the fuck? I'm just gonna vote for this guy. <laughs> it's like people that vote for the third whatever. I'm not gonna get political, but <laughs> it's it's like a it's a it's a throwaway vote. Yeah, that was um is this the second time John's had zero percent? No. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I, I got zero percent. Oh, Chris got one. Okay. Well, <clears throat> well, John, it's time to bring up the pizza wheel. Yes, bring the wheel up. So, Chris, Spin can you remind us uh, which ones wow. were added? As yes. You... So this week, uh, from this episode, we added three pizzas. Okay. So we mentioned the first one of the episode was a garlic pizza. The second one, which you actually didn't mention, at one point there's a reference made to Donnie liking anchovy pizzas. That's why the cat ran over to him in the alleyway. And then the third one, we had pepperoni, no cheese, just sauce and pepperoni. Very good. Mm-hmm. So those are on the board. John, would you like a complimentary shuffle? No, I would not. All right. So you're going to ride it out as it is. I'm going to ride it out, and I'm going to call my shot, and hopefully I get what I asked for. I'm going to go mini pizza. Whoa, mini pizza. That's a throwback I forgot that was well. even a thing. Yeah. Mini pizza. So you have a 1 in 20 chance of scoring mini pizza, but you have a, what, a 4 in 20 chance, so a 1 in 5 chance of getting anchovy of some sort. Oh, like, yeah, anchovy uh, with mint is on there, too. Yeah, there's a lot of anchovy on this board. I like my odds. All right, here we go. Spinning now. There's also the only one that's eaten anchovy at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, he might have another one. He might have another. Get the oh, fuck out of my Oh, mushroom. yeah. <laughs> God damn, that's right, baby. Mushroom. Freaking right. mushroom. John survives the board. Mushroom? Is that just regular mushroom? Yeah, yeah, because that was the one that was like dirt pizza. Oh, Earth pizza, Earth Earth pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, what a fucking victory! Can we caveat? You can't do like a. You got to do. 
can't do a, a like portable or belt, whatever the fucking baby bell mushrooms are. Give us something oh. different. I mean, it's up to the uh, just a thought. The eater, yeah. I mean, you could do shiitake yeah. if you wanted. You could do. You could just order shiitake. Like, extra mushroom. If this you is want. crazy. This is our 18th pizza. One, two, three. And yeah, we've all done six. I mean, up until like three episodes ago, we were just doing it by. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So that is pizza time for this episode. Now we will roll into the final segment, second, the penultimate segment of the show. John, if you will bring up the villain rankings. Uh, yes, I will do that. And while John pulls that up, we did. So we mentioned how we needed to rework the villain power ranking last episode. So we did that. But we did that on air. And are pushing that as a bonus episode of the podcast exclusive to YouTube. So if you'd like to see us debate and rework the villain power rankings as you see them now, as we'll walk through, then head on over to YouTube search for TMNT Shellcast and click on the villain power ranking bonus episode. Yes. Uh, no new villains for this episode. Oh, wait, hold on. Do we want to include evil April? I mean, is she a separate, is that a separate character? The, the cat, April, the cat woman. So <clears throat> it's a good question. Cause you could also say, what about the tiger? But yeah. I think the question is, are like are in essence, are they a villain? You know, they may be doing bad stuff, but are they, you know, is their aura villainous? It's kind of the way I, I depict it. So you can make the argument potentially for the catwoman because she's trying to kill Splinter and she gets to the lair and leads the tiger there. So I, I think you could throw her up there. We may want to. I mean, if we had the punk frog, like it's a punk frog situation to me where it's a a creature that is inherently good natured, that is corrupted. The tiger is just a tiger. I don't think we should count that. Yeah, I agree. The tiger's not a villain. Non-collar April isn't a villain, but with a collar, similar to how the punk frogs were under Shredder's control, clearly states that she wants to kill. I think she says kill. Yeah. Splinter. Yeah. But... isn't that intent? Isn't that manslaughter? You know, potentially could be yeah, considered premeditation. Yeah, premeditation. So, yeah, I think Catwoman. I wouldn't say April. I would probably just yeah. put the Catwoman. The cat, what is it? Channel 6. The Catwoman from Channel 6. Yeah, so let's just shorten it to Catwoman so it fits on the slide. But does she go instantly into the graveyard? Because I'm assuming she doesn't come back. Yeah, she doesn't come back. So... Hmm. And Much I mean, in fairness, I don't know if I even put it on. I mean, we'd have to put her on the top ten if she, if she returned. But um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to justify because she had the plan, but it none of it actually came. You know, came to fruition. Yeah. So, John, please add Catwoman to the graveyard. Catwoman and will be... <clears throat> as um. Yeah, yeah as, as John's doing that now, 
we'll kind of talk through um, the top 10 at least to recap. Yeah. And if you want to find out why we did all this, like Andrew said, go. This is us pushing you to the YouTube. It'll explain why the top 10 isn't a full top 10 right now. Yeah. And why kind of everything got got uh, shuffled around. So we, we do exclusive content. Um, we do that with the social media. We're going to do that now from time to time with the podcast as well. And I don't know if it'll stay exclusive to YouTube or if we'll just kind of push things around to different outlets. But a uh, pretty good conversation relatively short 20 30 minutes so if you want to check that out please do um, but as it stands today our top 10 for the villain power ranking number one john why don't you read these off sure yet yeah, no uh no changes thus far number one baxter stockman the fly r.i.p baxter number two is krang three shredder four bebop and rocksteady five Trag and Granitor, you'll see we remove General because they're both Generals. Six is the Foot Soldiers. Seven is Knucklehead. Eight is the Punks. Nine and ten, open for now. We so called we, the list. Yeah. Do we think, based on this episode, that there should be any shuffling of this order? Well, so I, I can make the argument early in the episode, Bebop and Rocksteady should be moving up the villain power ranking because they found the Turtles' lair and they had a decent fight with them. But then later on in the episode, they destroy <clears throat> the matter transporter and kind of foil Shredder's plan. So yes. you might consider them to be kind of neutral this episode because they, they broke even. And I don't think that they would be ahead of Shredder, who is their master and sort of tells them what to do that's true and even though they fought the turtles had they not just been bumbling around eating chinese food their hideout never would have got discovered in the first place so that whole series of events of april and everything exploding is because they were just careless true and then yeah i don't think shredder moves below and i don't think he moves up either because he was ineffective again so yeah. I think, in my opinion, the the top ten stays as you read it, John. Does Crane get any love for inventing the the matter transporter? No. I say it's yes, but not enough to move him up because. I mean, is Baxter at some point Baxter's his inactivity has to hurt? I agree, but I don't think it is from this episode because. Um, while the matter transporter is a great invention, it was not utilized to its fullest potential because of Bebop and Roxy and the cat and all that stuff. So yes, yes. I, I would make the argument it, it stays flat. All right, I come up with that. Okay. Uh, okay, so we've, yeah, we've redone the top 10. You'll see we called the list. We r- removed anyone from our reserves that no longer would make an appearance to then go to the graveyard where we've kept the order. Um, Catwoman goes immediately into the graveyard. Never to be seen again. Six feet under. Very good. That is the villain powering. The evolution of the villain powering has been interesting, just not even through 20 episodes. We've gotten a a lot of changes. 
and anticipate many more in the future. I agree. So to close it out, John, let's uh, pitch up the Twitter poll question for the week and then we'll wrap it up. The Twitter poll question this week was a question that I had come up with. I believe I had seen it somewhere, but I cannot remember the reference. What is something that you would not use at someone else's house? As in, and so for some examples, right? Hand soap, for example, is something that you would have no problem using to wash your hands. You know, say a washer dryer doing your laundry at someone else's house. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. But the question is, what is something that you would not, not, (laughs) what is something that you would not use at someone else's house? And who goes first? You got to spin the wheel. I don't know. I go first because I came in last. Yeah. So you go first and I'll spin the wheel. (laughs) As you're you're picking, I'll spin the wheel. Yes. For number two. And this, I was giggling to myself. (laughs) I was giggling to myself earlier this episode thinking about my answer to this question. And I think my answer, well, I don't want to be distracted by this wheel. I'm number two. Sorry, Chris. I think my answer to this question is a plunger. And here's the reason why. If I'm in your bathroom and I clog your toilet, there's no chance I'm leaving that bathroom to go get your plunger and use it if it's not located next to the toilet. I will do anything known to man so that no one finds out ever that your toilet was clogged while I was in that bathroom. So, John, you're pulling a, like, is that East Ventura? No. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. But if there were a plunger in the bathroom, you would use it. <laughs> I don't know. I I guess <laughs> I would not. You would just leave Because I don't want that sound of just... <laughs> to be heard outside. John, run the bathroom. sink. Turn the fan on. There's a lot of ways... <laughs> This guy's a plunger, plungering. <laughs> but the panic that would set in if it just as I've had to use a plunger at somebody else's house, and I was so grateful that they put it right in the bathroom that I was in. If you don't keep your plunger next to the toilet, you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> because that's like whatever. If I'm using it, I'm fine going to get it. But I leave it in the, next to the toilet specifically in case somebody else clogs the toilet to save them the embarrassment of having to ask me where it is. And also, where else are you going to keep it that's like, it's a dirty, dirty item. Yeah. So where are you going to keep it? In a closet somewhere? I don't understand. So my logic is aligned with yours. In the garage? had kids, um, we could no longer just leave the plunger in the bathroom because it became a toy. Um, So we just put it in, I put it in the closet. So it's as close to the toilet as I can get it. The closet that's in the bathroom in there. And I keep one handy in my bathroom, you know, because if you need to plunge the toilet. Yeah. (laughs) So I think John's pick is terrible. I'm sorry, John. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. That's like the one thing I would absolutely use if I needed to. I would ask the other person. No. (laughs) What? You just, the whole point is you don't want anyone to know. 
Yeah. I get where John's coming from. John doesn't want to have, that's the thing you don't, you don't yeah. want to have to use most, but it's not the thing yeah. that you won't use. Yeah. Yeah. So John might be eating pizza again next, next week. Uh, for my pick, I'm going with the only answer and it's toothbrush. I would not yeah. use somebody else's toothbrush, never mind toothbrush in a house that I was visiting. That is the most disgusting, in my opinion, probably the most disgusting hygiene thing that you could share. Yeah, I mean, that's an easy, it's an easy answer. I don't know why John didn't take it. I mean, it's the right answer. Yeah. Uh -oh. I mean, oh. yeah. Uh, I, because really... if you didn't, if you, I mean, no, like, I, I feel like, it's kind of like a cop out answer to me. No, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I, I think the question needs to be caveated so that, like, okay. obviously you're not going to use someone else's clothes, like clothes. Yeah, I'm not going to wear their like underwear. It, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like it needs to be like. Before. <laughs> it needs to what? like. I Wait, just what? You wore question. dad's underwear before? No, no, dad's worn my underwear before. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's dad. <laughs> John asked the question. I know, repeat. but it's. I, I said, what is something that you would not use at someone else's house? Yeah. But obviously, you're not going to use their, like. It's like the it's spirit like, of the question, Andrew. Yeah. You're taking it literally. Like, we're in, you yeah. know. Like, I'm not going to use their <laughs> their child. Like, yeah, I'm not going to use your insulin pump if you're a diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toothbrush is a good answer. You guys are just mad because I, I picked the winning answer, and John's fumbling because he picked plunger. <laughs> All right, I'll pick a new one. John, pick a new one. John said his answer and then immediately contradicted himself. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'd use the plunger if it wasn't in the bathroom. It's like, what the hell does that mean? Uh, all I was thinking about was how I had a home run with toothbrush. So now I got to think again. Um, what would I not use at somebody else's house? I would not use. it's tough it's tough when you have the best answer and then the other players are bad <laughs> right. so they outlaw it what I mean, am if I, you want to choose brady? toothbrush fine john's I'm tom gonna brady and you guys are deflategating me right now no if you um, want toothbrush fine no i don't want toothbrush no just... how about tooth you could use toothpaste no i wouldn't use their toothpaste it's not like they're rubbing their mouth on it i'm that's what i'm trying to think what would i adamantly not use at somebody else's house. Um, I think this, I have this, a decent one. Yeah, this may be a bad answer, but uh, pooper scooper, like I would never pick up <laughs> dog shit at somebody else's house ever. <laughs> I would never do it. Even if my dog shit right in their lawn, like I would just never pick up dog shit at somebody else's house. <laughs> fact. Fucking insane answer. I mean, is it not a good answer? Yeah, if I come over, I just wanted to be known I'm not scooping poop when I'm over here. <laughs> yeah, well, Chris, when I if I come to your house That's and, fair. and you're like, hey, can you pick up like uh, the poop over here? I would say no. Or yeah, actually, I kind of like that. What if, what if it was a litter box? It's like, hey, I'm not nope. going to use your pooper scooper to just scoop your cat, <laughs> scoop your, yeah. scoop your cat poop. How often is somebody asking you to scoop their pet shit up? That wasn't Actually, the I question. Want, so I guess it's not yeah, that. the question was, what would you not do? And you outlawed hygienic <laughs> things. So I'm going with the other thing I would never do, which is pick up poop. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to outlaw that too? Oh, it's just, you guys are so fixated on 
bathroom stuff. <laughs> like open, expand your horizons a little bit. All right, what's your answer, Chris? All right, so mine. This probably isn't going to play well on a poll because unless you're going to get my explanation, it probably doesn't make as much sense. And I'm not adamant that I won't do this, but I don't like doing it is using somebody else's TV remote because everybody's buttons are always different. They always have like a surround sound system. You know, like dad, you had to use the certain remote for the thing and turn it on or it'd screw everything up. I don't like messing up people's cable setup or whatever. So I'm over somebody's house. I just want them. They put the TV on. They control it. That I think that's a, a good answer. Horrible answer. I mean, it's better horrible. than plunder. It's better than plunder. And that's all Chris had to produce was. Yeah, I just got to get a best plunder. John's going to get the idiot votes that are like they're not realizing what the question is. And they're just going to see Plunger gross and just smash the John button. We'll see. It's a terrible answer. John, what were you thinking? The like in your head, what were you thinking? Yeah, what were you laughing that? so much about? Like mid episode, where you were you thinking <laughs> of plungering a toilet? I, no, I was laughing because I clogged someone's toilet once and had to sneak out to find a plunger to use to unclog the toilet, and I thought. Never in my life do I want to do that again. I will say, um, since we're still talking about plungers, people that don't, uh, and not even just residential, but like commercial places that don't have like a plunger. I was at this restaurant one time in uh, <laughs> New York. Uh, we weren't even eating there. We were just like first time to New York City with, with <laughs> Rachel. Just stopping the shit. Yeah. And like I, my, my stomach was just, I mean, we were like, you know, bubble, eating, bubble guts. Yeah. Bubble guts. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I, you know, we thought about eating at this place, but there was a line and stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to head in here and use the bathroom. And I don't know what was happening with the flush at that place, but it got clogged. And in my panic, I'm like, there's nothing in here. There's no plunger. It's, it's the only bathroom, the one bathroom in the entire restaurant. So you just bail, you just leave it. Yeah, exactly. So what I did was I tried to f- double flush, and then it just kept raising. Fortunately, nothing <laughs> was coming over, over the bowl. So, <clears throat> and I hear a knock at the door. <laughs> as I'm as I'm in my head, I'm like, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" I hear a knock at the door. I'm like, "Oh God!" So I just decide, okay, I'm going to wash my hands because I always wash my hands after I go to the bathroom, <laughs> and then I open the door. And then I, f- I started fast walking past the person, and like as I was exiting, it was one of those places like, you know, it's it's a let's say a shotgun uh, style restaurant, and the the um, front desk is like right by the door. So like I am picking up my pace because I'm like looking over my shoulder to see how fast the person behind me is going in there. And if they do, it, it was a woman, of course. So fortunately, I wasn't going to get the whoa. but anyway i just i'm picking my speed and the people like probably thought i was stealing something because i was like as soon as i took a step outside of that door i was sprinting down the sidewalk to (laughs) so i'll always put a plunger that's when you just give them the little hey i think somebody clogged your toilet on the way out yeah the appropriate thing to say would be i think someone clogged the toilet yeah it was clogged when i went in there (laughs) yeah i just washed my hands (laughs) yeah i was driving home from work from connecticut one time and i had to 
I like physically had to stop and I pulled over to Burger King at like 10 in the morning, which there's nobody in Burger King at that <laughs> time of day. So I walked, I got out of my car. I had to like gather myself to be able to walk to the bathroom, went in right to the bathroom, blew it up, walked out without buying anything, got to my truck and then it hit me again. The second wave, I had to turn around. No, go, go back, back in. into the bathroom. Oh, I forgot my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I went back in to a different stall. Was in there for like fifteen minutes, and then I got like a coffee on the way out. Just be like, thanks for the service. Uh, yeah, gotta have plungers. Gotta have plungers ready. Yeah, if you're a commercial bathroom, that's a fact. But John should lose, so I, I hope you get anchovy next week, John. Yeah. <laughs> Any last words before we wrap up the episode? Um, looking forward to the season finale. Yeah. Big big episode next week. Let's just hype it and up right now. We'll probably potentially be recording on Easter. So if you celebrate, happy Easter coming up. Yeah. Otherwise, That's all we got. Cowabunga. See you in a week. Bye.